Hi everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the Midnight Moon Astrology Podcast. I'm Cassidy Juniper and today is Sunday, November 10th, 2019. This episode is all about Jupiter in Capricorn. It's designed to stand on its own at whatever point you listen to it. As part 1, we'll talk about Jupiter in Capricorn as a transit. And part 2, whenever it's released, we'll discuss Jupiter in Capricorn natally. But of course, Jupiter will soon be ingressing into Capricorn in December at the time of this recording, so it's a pretty timely topic as well. And we also have a special guest with us today, Dano Bernal, an astrologer from the Twin Cities, Minnesota. He runs a newer podcast called Queer Skies. It's a lot of fun. It focuses on queer culture and astrology, and you can find it on YouTube or any of the podcast apps. He also runs an astrology website, divine-orbit.com. On one of the next podcast episodes, we'll share a full interview with Daniel, but for now, I'll let his astrology speak for itself, and if you're interested in him and what he has to say, the interview will be released soon as a separate episode. Daniel, welcome. Anything you'd like to share with us? I'm so excited to be here. I'm a Sagittarius rising, so Jupiter is near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm very excited to always talk about Jupiter in any sign. <laughs> yeah, I thought Daniel would be a good guest to have on for Jupiter and Capricorn since we do need a little bit um, of the optimism and the forward thinking. Since Jupiter and Capricorn, we have to be a little more creative with than Jupiter and Sag. Jupiter and Sag is kind of a falls right in your lap kind of um, designation. And Jupiter and Cap is a little more challenging, but uh, definitely still something of value that I think will probably come out with a good outcome in the end, but it may say it takes some hard work. So um, what I wanted to start off with as far as discussing Jupiter and Capricorn is talking about Jupiter as a planet in different dignities and how that works. One of the biggest things that we see with Jupiter in Capricorn is that it's a planet going into its fall or its depression. And people get a little anxious about that because we're coming from a time where over the past year we've had Jupiter in Sagittarius it was in its home sign, it's strong, it is embodying all of its significations really clearly, and moving into Capricorn, there's a bit more uncertainty. And so talking about what a planet in its fall really means can be important to understanding the whole thing. So basically, just to give you guys an overview of the planet Jupiter, we're dealing with a planet that's part of the diurnal sect or the daytime sect. Jupiter is also the ruler of the fire triplicity in night charts. So if you were born at night with Jupiter in a fire sign, it's going to have a little more support from allies, communities, followers, and friends. And Jupiter has two different signs that it's at home in. Sagittarius and Pisces are his domiciles. And when Jupiter is at home uh, in a sign that it rules, it's going to have a lot of power there. So right now with Jupiter and Sag, it's had more control, access to its own resources. So in those areas of life, you're going to have more access to resources. Uh, Jupiter behaves more like himself the way you would if you're at home. You're, you're comfortable, you're relaxed, you're able to be yourself. Jupiter can typically express its significations better, accomplish his agenda better when he's at home. He can create favorable outcomes for the client or the native. And it's just generally very strong there. Anything else you'd want to say about um, Jupiter in domicile, Daniel? Did we mention um, that Jupiter is considered a benefic too? Yeah, that's really important because it it's capable of doing more good than even the average planets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think um, 
in any sign, it's going to aim to provide a, 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 bene a, a, be a benefit. Um, <laughs> that's why it's the benefic. Um, but especially in those two signs, um, that signification comes through even more strongly um, in Sagittarius or Pisces. Yeah, definitely. Um, so those are the times when we can, we're sure that Jupiter is going to be able to do its best work overall. Um, the opposite of that would be like Gemini or Virgo. When Jupiter's in Gemini or Virgo, it's considered to be in his detriment or antithesis, which is a, a newer term that Chris Brennan has been uh, coining or playing around with as far as it being in the opposite sign of its home. And uh, a lot of the research on dignity that I've been doing has come from Chris Brennan's Hellenistic Astrology book, as well as Demetra George's newer book on ancient astrology. Uh, so just to kind of give you a background, um, they've done a lot of great work on dignity. But if Jupiter's in its detriment, he's going to be more like damaged or corrupted. Um, they would say that he acts badly there, um, or he might experience more like outside adversity or opposition, hostility, misfortune, and suffering. It also has a lot to do with scarcity, where like Jupiter doesn't have as much access to its resources or tools when he's in his detriment, and so he'll have to be using tools from a planet that's really different from him. Like, for example, Mercury's quite different from Jupiter in that he cares about the details and... Jupiter cares about the big picture. And so hunkering down and, and doing the day-to-day -day things is going to be more difficult for Jupiter. Um, Jupiter likes to rush a lot of the time and, you know, he's all about the quest. And so trying to get work done with Jupiter and its detriment means that some of that might be delayed. It might take longer. Sometimes what you're trying to accomplish in that area might not turn out as well. Or you may run out of energy if you have Jupiter in detriment. It can be difficult to sustain over time, too. There's like an inconsistency that goes along with detriment and where you might be doing well for a while and then you kind of one step forward, two steps back. Uh, you're just going to have to work harder with a placement like that. And there's also this concept of like estrangement, banishment or exile. The whole idea of Jupiter being in a, a sign that's as far from his home as possible, the host or ruler does things totally differently than Jupiter would do it. He may not speak the language. Uh, you know, you're, you're just really feeling literally out of your element in a sense. Yeah, I think about, um, you know, Jupiter being the second massive, uh, second most massive body in our solar system, the first being the sun. Um, and so Jupiter really, um, that positive benefic side, uh, having that abundant or growing or expanding signification. Um, so that would definitely apply to Sagittarius and, and Pisces. But in these Mercury and Virgo areas, um, it's almost overly excessive or overdoes things. Um, you know, Mercury being this small, fast planet um, is, is the antithesis in some ways to that Jupiter um, and so we think about uh, size not always being great or, or growth or mass not always being great for those Gemini or Virgo uh, things. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Um, it's just not a very comfortable place for Jupiter. And he's definitely reined in a lot with Mercury as his host. Um, so then there's also the concept of exaltation. And that one I feel like I do see in charts a lot. Jupiter in Cancer would be in his exaltation. 
And so for exaltation, this is the concept of his, him being in his throne, his place of authority and power. You might experience things with higher quality or higher status. Uh, Jupiter and Cancer, since Jupiter can mean wealth, you might see a lot of wealth with that placement. Um, good fortune, elevation. You're going to be honored for your achievements and your successes here. You might get recognition and glory and respect and all of those wonderful things. Um, and they also like to say that exaltation is like a planet and it's a vacation home where it can kind of kick back and relax and enjoy maybe even a higher quality of life than it would in its home. The other thing I'd add about exaltation too is that there's this sense that um, while while the planet being exalted does not rule or have have um, authority, it is highly recognized for its attributes in that area, um, and so the the ideas of growth and um, wisdom and um, that nurturing abundance really fit well with the the cancer significations and so jupiter is recognized as this highly um effective planet in that area even though the moon is the uh domicile ruler of cancer yeah that makes a lot of sense that life-affirming growing quality and in, in cancer being a water sign and all of that um it, it's just a really good fit for jupiter even though it's not its home sign for sure so that brings us to Capricorn, uh, Jupiter in Capricorn as his fall or depression. Um, the Hellenistic word translates it as depression pretty well. Um, and this is a place, fall in general is a place where the planet is going to be weakened by um, diminishing authority, not having as much authority as he might in another place. Um, he's might be depressed, melancholy, or dejected, and therefore you might feel that way if in that area of life. It's considered falling downward, um, sometimes in society. Um, they also think of it as a planet that's in prison or opposite its own powers because um, Jupiter in fall would be in the sign opposite its exaltation. So Cap Capricorn's opposite Cancer. Um, it's opposite the place where it normally gets honored and recognized and respected. And so it basically experiences the opposite things. Um, you know, it may feel a little more unappreciated or like it's not getting rewarded for the work that it's doing, um, lower status in general. Um, also like situations where you feel really powerless, where you don't have any authority and you can't make decisions for whatever reason, you feel helpless or trapped or weakened. And it just brings a lot of worry and stress to whatever's going on. And um, one of the books, I think it might have been Demetra's, talked about how it's it's worry and hardship concerning the matter the planet represents, which I think is going to be important in our interpretation because it's not necessarily um, just where that planet is, but what houses does Jupiter rule in your chart? Because right now Jupiter is weekend and not as able to provide for them. Did you have any comments on that before we like actually jump into, um, you know, the general significations of, of Jupiter and Capricorn? I don't think I have much else to add. I really like that idea that um, it's it's slightly less worse than being in detriment um, or in, in antithesis um, because Jupiter can still do things. It just won't get that recognition or celebration that it would when it's being exalted. In fact, it might even be considered inappropriate or, um, you know, lacking, lacking the, the right uh, 
attitude for the the matters at hand. Um, Capricorn can can fit into the, you know the the Capricorn Cancer axis can fit into that that growth and nurturing, but Capricorn things happen and grow very differently than Cancer things. So I think that's one of the major differences I see where Jupiter isn't as great at those uh, Capricorn things. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, too, because there is sort of a, a needling with detriment that detriment seems to involve both outside and uh, internal circumstances where sometimes if somebody's got a planet in detriment, they may actually um, shoot themselves in the foot a little bit. And in part, it, it might stem from their external circumstances. You know, that might be the cause of it or the catalyst for it. But, um, you know, it, it can cause someone to maybe act out a little bit or to struggle with the situation they're in. Whereas in fall, a lot of the time it does seem to be like going back to that outward perception. How are people perceiving you? How are people treating you? Um, what sort of status or benefits do you have based on the external world? And that's something you could try to work through on your own, I think, even though it's it's not always the funnest place to be. I, I've kind of heard a little bit from um, you know, the astrologers that I really respect and follow who have been in the community a long time, um, Lisa Scheim and Kelly Surtees both had some things to say, some positive things to say about certain planets and their fall or detriment, which was really nice to see because, you know, a lot of us do come from a Hellenistic background and we have that foundation. So we really are looking at the dignity. And so some people who practice Hellenistic work concerned about Jupiter being in fall. Um, and it's certainly not all positive. There's definitely hard work involved. Uh, but both Lisa and Kelly had kind of mentioned some saving graces. Um, Kelly actually was talking about the progressed moon in Scorpio, another planet in fall, um, when we were in group mentoring. And she was taking a look at the Outlander author's chart. And at least in a good house like the fifth, um, she talked about how a planet in fall like the moon in Scorpio was able to create tenaciousness, like in terms of writing and publishing. When she was writing and publishing her first Outlander novel, it was actually something that had a, a, a good outcome, even though there were some difficulties during the process of it. And I also had a, a consultation with Lisa recently and she talked about how there were positives to Jupiter and Capricorn, even though it's in fall, because um, Jupiter and Capricorn creates that longevity uh, that maybe Sagittarius doesn't even have as much. Um, if you're going after your goals a little bit every day, um, you can create something lasting. It's the combination of the vision from Jupiter and the longevity from Cap. And you're just getting this like more serious discipline to Jupiter and the combination of the two, it's like making your dreams a reality in Capricorn. And I thought that was a really nice way of looking at it. Yeah, I think something that might be important to mention for our conversation about Jupiter and Capricorn is um, something that I, th I feel has come up um, in some other um, tweets that I've been following about the nature of astrology and whether or not it is a system of beliefs or a set of tools. And I would say that it's a set of tools and we have to work really hard to identify what system of beliefs we have in the background that we're applying the set of tools to. So, so I would say like for me, I come at um, my practice and, and my consultation with this idea that no placement is all good or all bad, that there's no predetermined thing that's going to happen, but that these are a set of uh, kind of conditions that one can choose to 
pay attention to and lean into or one can ignore or be unaware of and then have less kind of control or less autonomy um, over kind of the the path that these things take so and and i'm not sure if you're on a similar page with that but i think um anytime we talk about a planet being good or bad or or a placement being good or bad i think it's it's never a hundred percent one thing or another and so we're kind of exploring what are those conditions that this Jupiter and Capricorn transit that we're about to experience for the next 13 months, um, how do we deal with that? How do we work with that in ways that are going to be uh, ultimately healthy for ourselves and our communities? Yeah, I love that. I, I'm definitely on the same page with that for sure, um, because while there are certain things that some sort of significations are coming to, going to come into play, how they manifest, I mean, Astrology is uh, archetypally predictive. And so there's a lot of different ways that the archetypes could play out and still manifest the symbolism in them. Um, I know I was talking about this to someone new to astrology recently and um, giving the example of like, if you see your Uranus transit coming up and you're really not in the mood for uh, something chaotic or disruptive or um, new or, or life-changing, you know, you, you can kind of decide how to work with that energy rather than having something, you know, hit you upside the head. You can go join a new group of friends or go try a class you've never been in before or just, you know, decide to do something new and different and break up the schedule and the routine a little bit, but do it in a way that you have control over, that you made the decision over and just try to redirect the energy as much as you can. You may not have total control over what happens, but you might be able to kind of move it in a more positive direction. And I think if you, like you said, the leaning in, it's really important, like leaning into Saturn a little bit because Jupiter is uh, essentially being hosted by Saturn. And so Saturn is ultimately the one providing resources and has the final say. So if Jupiter is able to embrace the leaning into Saturn, I think overall the transit will go better for us, especially by the time we come out of it. Awesome. Do we want to say anything else before we kind of dive into the Jupiter in Capricorn experience? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, to, to kind of go into the what this particular upcoming Jupiter and Cap transit means, um, there were a couple other dignities I thought we might go over real quick, um, talking about um, the bounds and the decans as well. Um, they're smaller dignities. They're not ones that everybody uses or is as familiar with, but there are some ways of looking at Jupiter's timing cap that you know, it, it may be different depending on where Jupiter is in the sign. Um, so, for example, um, though, even though Jupiter's in fall, uh, he'll be in his decan and then in his bound throughout the first half of Capricorn. And so just to give a, a general overview of what being in your bound means, they're kind of uneven parts of the sign uh, that are broken up and each one has a planetary lord um, or leader and that bound lord will set the terms rules or limits um, of what is okay to do in that section of the sign um, the typical metaphor is like you know if the sign of capricorn is the school and saturn as ruler of capricorn is the principal um, you know like each bound ruler is going to be uh, a teacher in their own classroom you know they have some authority to run that little section of the school and so and the bound ruler i actually feel like can be really important because that is like your everyday experience of the sign and so like when a planet is in its own bound it's supposed to feel like it's got the support of family that's sort of like 
the kind of support it would be getting um, in its bound. But there is some interesting stuff that I read in um, uh, Valens and in Chris's Hellenistic Astrology book. Valens says about Jupiter's bounds in Capricorn, um, they make for ups and downs of reputation and disrespute of wealth and poverty. So even though Jupiter will be in its own bounds in Capricorn for a period of time, because Capricorn is Jupiter's fall, the bounds are like affected by that too, according to Valens. And so you're not necessarily going to get, you know, oh, Jupiter is in its own bounds, everything is fine. Um, there's some benefit to it, but there's going to be still kind of like an inconsistency that comes through, according to Valens. I'm not sure if you've seen any other ancient authors say differently, but um, I did think that was kind of an interesting take on it. Yeah, I think um, the only other work I've done with the bounds comes from uh, looking at Ben Dykes' new translation of um, the text of Abu Mashar. And um, they're, you know, using distribution through the bounds kind of is a totally different method than looking at how do you stack the dignities of like the sign ruler, the exaltation or fall, the the bounds. So I think it. I, I like that analogy of the of the school and something that, so um, I'm an educator by, by training um, and something that, so I love that metaphor, of course, of the school <laughs> and something that I think uh, is very, I'm very quick to remind people um, is that teachers are people too and teachers can have bad days and good days. And so even if you are um, in the bounds of Jupiter within Capricorn, um, you can have bad days if that's your teacher. And so you so being in that bound might mean you're more attuned to to what Jupiter is going through, or the Jupiter story might be more important during those times. Um, so that's kind of how I would see it kind of playing out in transits. Um, but yeah, I, I think that um, it it can be good, but it really looks at here's the focus or the style of the planet that's um, that is transiting through that part of Capricorn, and you do layer it with the with the meaning of the sign. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm almost I'm almost looking at it as the kind of experiment, you know, since we really haven't seen Jupiter and Capricorn in the sky for 12 years. And um, I, I kind of went back and forth with how how to actually expect this will play out. What I see with Jupiter and Capricorn is that we're just it's going to be kind of a mix, I guess. There's going to be some silver linings in, in some more difficult parts. At first, I thought the last part of Capricorn could be the most difficult because at first glance, that's when Jupiter would be in the bounds of Saturn and Mars. But if we're looking at um, what Valens says, the bounds of Mars in Capricorn, they're also considered exalted, just the way Mars as a planet in Capricorn would be considered exalted. And so the bounds actually gets affected by um, what sign they're in. And so with with Jupiter and Mars as bounds in Capricorn, it's essentially going to get a little bit of that exalted uh, boost from its host as well. I, I didn't explicitly hear whether you can apply that to planets in their own domiciles as well, but I would assume it, it's the same because we've also got a, a Saturn, uh, Saturn's bounds in Capricorn and Saturn itself as the ruler 
is in Capricorn, um, and then later Aquarius. And so even those malefic bounds may not be quite as bad as they seem on the surface. So hopefully some of these bound rulers will help a little bit as Jupiter moves through the sign. And then the other bounds there, um, Jupiter will get to be in the bounds of Venus somewhere in the middle. And we know Venus is like the lenient rule setter, you know, they're they're pretty chill on the whole. And he'll also be in the bounds of Mercury, which, you know, he might like a little less because Jupiter and Mercury aren't always on the same page. But you know, Mercury's not a malefic either. So looking at how the bounds interplay with that domicile host or domicile ruler could be kind of interesting too. Do you want to talk about um, the face uh, or Deccan dignity too? Yeah, go ahead with that. Yeah, so um, each sign is divided into three Deccans or faces. Um, and I think one of the primary works that I draw upon to get significations for those is Austin Coppock's 36 Faces. I'm so excited to get a new copy of that um, if it's released this year, as Austin's been talking about. Um, but uh, yeah, the very first Deccan of Capricorn is ruled by Jupiter. And so I think that is very significant and does impact that first um, third of the sign, not necessarily corresponding to the first third of the time that Jupiter's in Capricorn, because it kind of zooms through that with the fastest part of its transit through Capricorn. But a face or a decan would represent kind of the, I've al- I've always thought of it or, or read about it as kind of representing um, what you are showing to the world or that, that idea that um, there's a different, there, there's almost a development of the themes of Capricorn through the sign. And so uh, I do also think about um, the tarot with the faces and decans. Um, And so bringing in the two of pentacles, the three of pentacles, and the four of pentacles, if you are someone who knows tarot, um, those significations, there's some overlap too. And so those pieces would be another way that we could look at Jupiter's dignity in the first decan when it rules that, I I would say probably also the, the fall or depression applies to that first decan as well. But there is that idea of double cardinal, double cardinality. So Capricorn is a cardinal sign, and then the first decan of that is also going to be cardinal. So it's really representing a big shift. And I think Jupiter, especially coming from um, Sagittarius into this first decan, it's going to be all eyes on Jupiter. It's going to be uh, the Jupiter story in Capricorn for the first you know chunk of time. And so I think that that kind of what we've talked about in terms of the bounds, a lot of it could apply, I think, as well to that first third or first 10 degrees of the sign of Capricorn. Yeah, that's really interesting that it will start in its own decan. Um, and to some extent, you know, it might be a little more comfortable there just because it's, uh, you know, it's it's actually Jupiter. Looking at the three of them, I, it might be, I don't I kind of got the impression that it might be the most comfortable in the first one, even though it is in uh, in fall, there's this concept of like descent of spirit into matter and like making dreams or visions real. And Jupiter and Capricorn in that combination works really well for that kind of thing. And of course, there's also the idea that like once a dream becomes real, it loses a little bit of its shine. You know, it's 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 not going to be exactly perfect once it's in the real world. But ultimately, you know, in a lot of cases, we're still better for it. It's still better to have the real thing than just to be imagining something that will never come to pass. Um, I, he also talked about it's a time when you choose to put down roots and grow your cedar intention. And that fits really well with Jupiter. 
year um, or you might be actively like when you, you brought in that cardinal piece and like the idea of changing location or changing your circumstances um, for a more advantageous opportunity that some of those themes or issues might come up during that time. Now, I almost think of um, the progression through the decans as being like going into a pool of water um, and that that very first you know maybe maybe you're wading into the beginning of a sign but maybe you're just jumping in it sort of feels like jupiter is doing both a little bit or that the the jupiter's wading in because um it is you know there's some dignity there but the water's cold <laughs> um it's a lot colder that harsh reality is cold and so it, it it does kind of provide a certain amount of shock um but there's that time to get used to it yeah definitely and so then our Capricorn two decan would be ruled by Mars, the planet Mars. Is there anything you wanted to share about that one, Daniel? It's one of my favorite ones because the significations I, I really like from that come from the three of pentacles from the tarot. Uh, there's a lot to, to do with that planning or kind of the structure and the pattern behind things. Maybe that's some of my um, Mercury biases coming out, but, but I, I really appreciate the, uh, and maybe it's that martial like logic or, or kind of intellect coming into play with, um, how are we going to get this, uh, Capricorn thing done? Um, Capricorn things take a long time and require, um, small repetitive tasks to really add up to that big design. And so, the second decade of Capricorn really is about uh, making sure you're following that that design. Every motion you're making is in that direction, and and that that consistency. Um, you know the 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 second decade of any sign having a fixed quality, that consistency becomes really important to ultimately getting to that next decade. Yeah, that's definitely true. You, you need that martial drive for that kind of process because you're really kind of digging into the plan and figuring out what the next steps will be um, and getting sometimes getting society or other people to work with you. Sometimes it's restructuring if you already had a plan that needed to be rethought. And the concept of trying to accomplish a goal, which in some cases, you know, you'll be triumphant with it, but in some cases, goals aren't possible. It really depends on what you're going for. And is it too pie in the sky or is it something that you can accomplish a little bit at a time? One of the things Austin mentioned is that Jupiter in this decan might overcommit to visions that can't be fully realized. So it, it it's really getting clear on what do you want? How are you going to get it? And is it realistic? Is this something that you could actually achieve at some point, even if it takes a long time? And then the third decan? We ready for that? Um, this one I love the the image in the tarot of the four of pentacles, um, which is a person kind of sitting on a throne, looking over their their vast resources they've acquired, but ultimately kind of there's this loneliness to it, and there's this sense that like, good for you. Now what? Um, of of having accumulated just all this material wealth, and maybe that's why. Um, you know, the next sign or the next decan of Aquarius gets more exciting intellectually. But but it really is, you know, what has this um, material or earth, earth sign development really accomplished? Um, and it's ruled by the sun. And, and I always think of the sun as like shining the light onto um, what you've achieved or, or making it very clear what you were able to accomplish, but also making it very clear what you weren't able to accomplish in this sign. 
and maybe where you fell short, where you might have to own up to that in order to really continue the rest of your way there. That uh, I, I feel like there's that reality component of, of being able to clearly see what's going on or, or clearly expose um, what's happening there. Um, and Pluto is, is there right now. And so if we think about any Plutonian themes, you know, tying into longer term structures of power. Um, but, but I really think about that, that authority um, that, that Saturn has um, really resonating with that authority that the sun has um, and kind of combining in that decan to be um, representing kind of government or, or rulers or uh, political figures, anyone with that, that real power that's um, accumulated through that physical ki- kingdom comes to mind of that, just that, that empire, that empire, that imperial um, sense of, of material wealth. Yeah, that's a really good point. And of course, we're seeing so much of that in the world right now. And and you kind of think about, okay, you've reached this leadership position. Is it everything you hoped it would be? Um, you know, do you have power? Do you have control? Is it freeing for you? Or are you somehow imprisoned by it? Um, you know, or do you have to answer to a lot more people, even though you are the ruler? Um, it definitely brings up a lot of those things. It makes me think of, and I feel like I use this example a lot, but it makes me think of um, the line from Wicked, where happy is what happens when all your dreams come true, isn't it? And, um, you know, that you work so hard for, you know, a high level position or a place where you should have dominion over everything. And, you know, is it really living up to those expectations? Um, Is it good for other people? Is it good for you? All of that kind of uh, questioning. And um, another thing Austin mentions about this Deccan is that um, Jupiter, when in Capricorn 3, might attain a position through luck or good fortune rather than like their own labor or their own hard work. And as a result, like fail to appreciate it or take full responsibility. Sometimes when you're just handed something, you just almost like take it for granted or you don't realize like um, what an accomplishment it is or how long it might take the average person to get there. Um, So lots of those themes for sure. Yeah, I have a lot to say about, I think, Jupiter in Capricorn because Jupiter and Saturn that rules Capricorn by domicile both have actually some overlapping uh, areas, one of which is that authority or leadership figure. And there's somewhat different, uh, you know, types of leadership figures that are delineated in a lot of the ancient uh, Hellenistic texts. Um, but I think of those two planets as really representing kind of the the social or collective planets. And so when these two things kind of come at odds by one being in the sign of the other, I, I think that that tension of like who's coming out uh, successful or on top like really plays out in a lot of ways. And and if there isn't that like really firm, um, you know, Saturn, Capricorn is all about like doing the work to get to that that leadership position. And if if you're getting a leadership position through anything other than doing the work, that's not a, a real great mix. Um, and so Ju- I do think Jupiter is going to have the hardest time kind of in that last decan a little bit um and we can we, we'll get more into that in the the transits but it does make me think of like you know the upcoming elections and things like that um in terms of like jupiter and saturn both ruling but in such different ways and yeah there's definitely a lot of themes especially since that is the last decan you know how that's all going to play out right around the the last part of 2020 <laughs> 
you know, but one thing that's great about Jupiter um, in Capricorn right now um, is that it is ruled um, by a Saturn in domicile, uh, especially when it's in Capricorn. Um, that's one thing that Daniel pointed out during our pre-show chat is that, um, you know, either way, Saturn will be in Capricorn and or Aquarius, so it's going to be at home. So the ruler of Jupiter and Cap will be ruled by a Saturn at home, which is great because a lot of the time when Jupiter is in Capricorn, that's not the case. Um, that's going to be one thing that will help make it trend towards the positive a little bit. Um, of course, it's better when it's in Capricorn because then you've got the ruler in the same sign with the planet um, as opposed to being in a version. And Demetra George mentions that even the bound Lord is important, like where the bound Lord is. So, um, you know, if it's if Jupiter's in the bounds of Saturn, again, you've got Saturn in, you know, in Capricorn or in, at least in a sign that it's at home in. And so all of that can affect um, Jupiter in the bounds to some extent. You know, there are those little um, extra things that may make this one a little easier than the average Jupiter in Camp Capricorn transit, hopefully. Um, and I guess one big thing I wanted to point out as a general theme is that uh, anytime we look at these planets, the outcome is going to be determined by the host. So even if Jupiter in Capricorn is in its depression, um, the outcome, we look to the ruler, uh, you know, that's going to be Saturn. And Saturn is strong and disciplined and comfortable in Capricorn or Aquarius. And when it's in Capricorn, it can directly provide for Jupiter because it's right there and it can see it and it, you know it, it knows it has a guest in its in its home and its domicile and it has a direct line uh, to getting help and, and resources from that strong Saturn so if we're going to do some silver linings that would be one of them probably um, and the other overarching thing that I kind of wanted everyone to think about in terms of themes would be um, in your Capricorn house wherever Jupiter falls in your Capricorn house Overall, um, what I'm seeing is that there'd be small gains, but with a twist or drawback. Um, maybe you're more likely to have bigger gains if you were born during the day, since Jupiter would be your insect benefic. And so Jupiter in general is going to be a little more positive for people that were born during the day. It's the benefic that works the best for them on the whole. And so you might see a little bit more of that. Still possible to, you know, to give some gains to night charts as well, but maybe just not as much. But I, I think it's going to be a little bit of both where you will see gains, they will be gradual, um, they will require patience and discipline. Um, there may be, you know, where you get a gain, it's like, it's kind of like two steps forward, one step back in a way where you get a gain, but then you also get something that isn't working quite so well and vice versa. Um, if something bad happens, there might be some sort of saving grace. It's a little bit of a mixture, I guess, from what I'm seeing. Yeah, and I think the factors that are going to be important to pay attention to, you know, how to work with that energy is also going to depend on the specifics of the chart at the time that you're working on something or if you are um, looking at a transit or like a monthly return or a solar return, that, that day or night chart is really going to make a big difference for both Jupiter and its ruler Saturn because they're both um, diurnal planets. So they, they both do better during the day. Um, so I think that's kind of one of those vulnerabilities that um, we will see for any night charts uh, as Jupiter's in Capricorn, it's going to be a little bit worse. 
Um, so yeah, let's just jump into some significations then. There's like about a million ways we could combine these two. And obviously not everyone is going to experience every signification, um, but you'll, you know, you may see some of these in your own life. You may see some of these in the people around you or just in the world in general and in news articles and, and what's happening. So uh, what do you think, Daniel? Um, what, what should we expect from Jupiter and Capricorn? Uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think um, Charm Torres on on Twitter posted a really great uh, conversation starter about like, wow, Jupiter in fall, cool, not cool. Um, <laughs> that's the paraphrase. Um, and I've just been like so excited to see different folks uh, jumping in on that discussion on that thread. Um, so I've kind of been ruminating on it. And the main perspective that I come from um, as someone with uh, strong Sagittarius and strong Jupiter in my chart is is really like what does what do we need to pay attention to to work with um, Capricorn in a different way than we've worked um, in Sagittarius. So one of my um, primary lenses that I that I'm viewing a lot of this through um, is through the work uh, of Adrian Marie Brown, who is, a facilitator and healer and wonderful, wonderful uh, woman of color, uh, queer woman of color who's doing a lot of work. She uh, has two books out that are super amazing right now, one called Emergent Strategy and the other called Pleasure Activism. And they both focus on something that I think is very Jupiter and very Saturn, which is that interplay between collective experience or or our community and then our individual experience so both how we're impacted by our larger community and then also how we can have an impact um, or how we do have an impact on our larger community as individuals so there's so from emergent strategy there's a few different pieces of that uh, framework that i think really relate to this jupiter and capricorn so one of the ones we talked about was um, that that idea that Capricorn is this very long term things things that happen in Capricorn are lasting they have that longevity if they're happening well and Jupiter can see that big picture uh, right Jupiter is that big uh, dynamic like planet yes let's look at the the big uh, dream together but Capricorn requires those like small little pieces to be in place too. So I think that um, as we think about Jupiter in Capricorn, it's going to be harder to see how those little pieces fit together to be able to do that. And and the way that uh, Adrian Marie Brown talks about this idea is the idea of fractals, that if we have this um, large picture that we're trying to put together or this movement that we're trying to uh, push forward in our community, we have to be paying attention to the small patterns that emerge in society as well. Another one is um, intentional adaptation. So Adrian Mee Brown talks about um, when we uh, run into issues, we need to adapt, but we need to do that thoughtfully and intentionally. Sometimes that involves slowing down. Um, and that's exactly what how I feel about like Jupiter, this very um, fast dynamic, uh, just coming fresh off of Sagittarius, which is this fast sign, and then into this very earthy energy of Capricorn, that reality check um, really feels like slowing down to be intentional about what you're doing. It's unsustainable, the pace at which Jupiter moves through Sagittarius, not not like um actual speed wise like physics but um in terms of the interpretations um you know 
I've I've certainly felt that that fire sign energy this past year uh, in the Jupiter areas of my life. And so bringing that cooling down effect is really going to allow us to focus on intentional adaptation. But Jupiter in fall or in depression is going to have to do that more carefully. Um, it's it's going to be a less mutable process. I, I think about Austin's uh, 36 faces as the Sagittarius journey being how do you find the right vehicle for your work um, or how do you find the right vessel for what you need to be right now. That Jupiter and Sag energy really feels to me like you've got the right skills for the job. You don't have to learn anything new. You can just go, 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 and it will get done. In Capricorn, you don't have those skills. <laughs> so how do you work to learn those? How do you work to be disciplined? How do you uh, create that intentional adaptation to be able to uh, kind of hook into the work that needs to happen? And then I think the the biggest one for me that jumps out as like, a really crunchy thing for Jupiter is um, kind of that idea of recognition and and that those ideas that we talked about of Jupiter as a leader or kind of an authority figure. Um, Jupiter in 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 many uh, cosmologies is the prince of the solar system, really this regal royal, uh, almost having the same authority as the sun, and really. That shines in Sagittarius when Jupiter's in domicile and just goes unrecognized in Capricorn. And I think one of the things that is difficult about being a leader these days is our society's kind of driving towards this very, you know, Instagram, picture-worthy, everything has to be flawless, you can't do anything that'll get you canceled, otherwise you're canceled, um, kind of leadership. And there's a lot about that that is unsustainable and in the face of that harsh reality doesn't really lead to effective change. And so Adrian Marie Brown works um, uh, in the Emergent Strategy Framework talks about interdependence and decentralization of leadership. And so interdependence, um, meaning we sometimes need to rely on other people to accomplish the work with us. And we can only do that if we are good at expressing what we need as individuals to that community. If we take too much on ourselves as leaders, if we take too much on as people who are trying to, to do things in our own life or our own community, that's unsustainable. So we need to get better at communicating what those needs are, not because we're weak or not because we're depressed or not because we can't do it but we shouldn't do it alone. That's not the way to do things that have that long lasting power um, that that Capricorn is going to challenge us for. Um, and then the other thing about decentralizing is literally dispersing power and authority. So how do you create a network of people who are working on the same thing? And that's, you know, th these, these elements of this emergent strategy framework aren't uh, distinct either. You know, that that idea of dispersing power amongst a network also creates that fractal uh, image where you're seeing these smaller patterns create a larger pattern that replicates that. Um, and so Jupiter in fall or depression really needs to be able to be that kind of leader that doesn't care whether they're going to be recognized for their work. That's not how they're going to get through Capricorn, but they really have to express their needs and they really have to be able to plug into that larger network of community. There's a lot of other things I could talk about, but those those are the ones that I think kind of stood out 
um, and related the most to the things that we talked about in terms of if you if you break down not just the idea that Jupiter's in fall, but you look at all of the different components that we've kind of looked at, Jupiter has access to to its its uh, innate strength as a as a benefic, um, but has to go through things differently if it's going to accomplish anything uh, that it wants to in Capricorn, and if not, then it won't. and And I think that's kind of where people are literally kind of expressing that that. Um, depressed feeling about Jupiter moving into Capricorn is it's really that that idea of like ah not only not only do we not have that great domicile Jupiter but we also have this Jupiter that we need to do a little bit more work and I would challenge us to not not feed into that like we need to just do more work we can do it differently we can do things differently in order to accomplish a goal, it doesn't have to be extra resources. It doesn't have to be extra um, time or people or effort, but it can be doing things in a different way that Jupiter may be not used to. And that's where it can feel kind of hard or crunchy. I love all the things that you're saying. It really does encapsulate the whole thing for me. And, and it kind of goes together too, in that like, you know, the work can get done but you have to be willing to do it without recognition. And Jupiter at heart is not the kind of planet that is used to that. And so it's not that you can't achieve the things you want to, but you have to be willing to keep your head down and keep going. And coming off Jupiter and Sag, we're going to be used to things falling into our laps. We're going to be used to, um, you know, having recognition when we weren't even trying or, you know, getting an opportunity that we didn't even know was going to be there. And so being willing to um, trust the universe and have a little bit of that um, jovial faith um, during a time when we know it, it's going to be a while before this pays off. It's not to say that it won't, but it is going to be a while. And I think that one of the other things you mentioned actually ties back into that really well. Like if you're not getting recognition from the outside world, at least it's not as much as you would like right away. If you're working with other people in that interdependent way, um, you guys will be able to support each other. You know, I mean, you'll be able to get, you know, possibly get that appreciation or at least that acknowledgement from other people that you're working on those goals and dreams with. Um, even if the outside world is not caught up with you yet and, you know, nobody's watching or listening or buying or whatever it is that you're trying to do, the people that are seeing you go through the process, uh, they, they know how much work you're putting in. Um, you know, they know what's going on behind the scenes and how much it matters to you and how passionate you are about it. And so being willing to embrace that interdependence, you know, it's it's good just in terms of Jupiter and Saturn, but it's also good for you. It's it's also good for the person involved um, because it's it's like an alternative way or kind of a loophole way of getting that that recognition during this, you know, leaner time in general. And the interdependence is just a thing I've in general been interested in since America's so big on independence and independence can be really important and it's really good to know how to do that um but it's nearly impossible to be an island even when you either want to be or have to be at certain times I know I've noticed that uh, in the last couple of years of my life where you know even if I'm trying to do everything myself sometimes I literally can't be two people at once you know, imagine that it's just impossible. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you, you can't, um, you know, even just like stupid things around the house, like trying to hang a picture, um, you know, you can't be your pair of eyes behind you seeing if it's straight or not. You know, you're trying to literally be in two places at once. This is something you need other people for. Um, you can't um, drop yourself off or 
drive yourself somewhere and pick yourself up. You know, like there's a lot of things that you need other people for, even if it's simple daily things or a lot bigger projects. And, um, you know, interdependence is something that I think is really good to embrace. And it's something we don't always think about or people will feel badly if they need to ask someone for help. And it can take a while to get over that. As long as you're not overdoing it, um, you know, interdependence can be, you know, the best state, I think. So. Yeah. And, and I think doing things with other people, you can access this joy in, in doing the work that you may be limited by just with your, your own self. Um, the, the thesis of Adrian Marie Brown's other popular book right now, um, Pleasure Activism, is why shouldn't activism be the most pleasurable activity that we can engage in as individuals and as a collective? And what I think of when I think of Capricorn is not joy. <laughs> and I really want to rewrite that, that understanding that I have of it. Um, what I know about Capricorn is it does involve a lot of work, um, which can be hard. And that means that in order to make Capricorn the most pleasurable experience we can have um, and to accomplish great things with the work that we're doing, requires some joy and requires um, joy in community and requires joy as an individual. And maybe Jupiter and Capricorn helps us bring some cohesion between the two and helps us um, understand what we're encountering as a collective that is going to be easier if we are cohesive and if we do that together um, than if we only approach it from a Saturnian lens of strict i don't know i don't know saturnian things i <laughs> i'm going through my saturn return right now so i was gonna mention um, that yeah i noticed you're you're a capricorn uh capricorn saturn so yeah zero degrees 42 minutes of capricorn so <laughs> it's been an interesting time with saturn and capricorn but i do feel like one of the um one of the things that i found the most joy in my saturn return uh kind of aligns well with um almost a year ago, the Marie Kondo show came out on Netflix. And I just think of that as so Saturn. Do, do um, you know that she has Jupiter and Capricorn? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. And oh my God. Wow. That's literally the, the connection I was going to make is um, she the, the joy that she has with structure is just fantastic. And like, definitely inspired a bunch of people to clean <laughs> their house and but one of the the biggest ways that she does that is by engaging the whole entire community of the household um and not just the people living in it but i would also say in a very animistic way the spirit of the house the spirit of the clothing that you're folding um it's this very different way of understanding chores or cleaning um that makes it a lot not not just easier, makes it more effective, makes it actually a better outcome for your cleaning than if you were just to approach it as a job or a task that you have to do. You know, I, I can't totally speak to this because I have only seen clips of it so far. I, I have five million things to watch, but I am really curious about it. And it was such an odd thing to make such a big impact on, you know, society and people were mentioning it everywhere. But it reminds me of one of the things I wrote down for Jupiter and Capricorn as a possibility. You know, it's like starting a routine oriented spiritual practice and the way 
people talk about Marie Kondo is almost like it's like this ritualistic thing, even though you're doing something that's like daily life and ho-hum chores. Um, it, it, just the way people have talked about it, it almost seems like it's like a daily little ritual. It's it's adding something into that practice that makes it more than just, um, you know, the daily grind, I guess. Does, is that what you've seen? It's uh, I've cried every episode. It's it's actually a show that's about healing. Um, the people don't just have messy houses because they're lazy or because they're not skilled in cleaning. There's this underlying emotional trauma that Marie Kondo also addresses. And she doesn't just address it as a counselor would, um, but she but part of the structure of those routines addresses it. She asks you to start with, um, things that are less sentimental to you, that are more functional. And then as you gain more and more skills of what is it that sparks joy in these items that you have in your home, then you can get to that piece that is the most sentimental, the most valuable, and you then have new skills to address emotional trauma in your life that you didn't have before. And so maybe you can get that critical momentum to say, I'm going to live in a different way that that allows me to that I, I also think the other piece was like the south node in Capricorn was that like letting go of things. Um, but but truly, truly that that idea that when we when we can let go of some of those underlying issues, we structure our lives in a different way. And it's not that 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 takes it from the the matter into the spirit and and helps transcend that barrier. Yeah, that's great. Uh, there's really so many different ways that, um, you know, Jupiter and Saturn can express itself, um, you know, with this combination. I mean, I, I'm seeing some positive, some negative. I mean, I kind of went about and I, I started putting different significations together. You know, I had a, a you know, a few different ways that, that wealth could express itself in Jupiter and Capricorn, um, a few different ways that joy could. Um, so I'm just going to throw a few ideas out here and see if there's anything you want to build on, Daniel. I talked about gradual wealth in business or self-employment just through that straight up hard work, discipline, patience, saving money, that you may experience delays in getting to that wealth. It's not going to be like some kind of quick turnaround, but that it is possible during Jupiter's time in Capricorn. Um, and sometimes there's some very literal things that will come up when you're trying to put those two archetypes together, whether it's like literally... Um, or metaphorically wealth through imprisonment. Um, you know, you've got Jupiter meaning wealth and um, Capricorn, Saturn, uh, Saturn can have to do with prisons and confinement. And so, um, so yeah, basically the concept of golden handcuffs is something that comes up uh, with Jupiter and Capricorn where you might be making some wealth or making some money um, at a job, but you, feel stuck or trapped there and yet you can't leave because uh, you know, you've got really good benefits or you've got uh, you know, enough money coming in that you wouldn't be able to make that much money elsewhere. And so it's like the pros and the cons of this situation. It's a little bit of both. And even just the consequences of wealth, like, you know, somebody who does start to do a little bit better financially, sometimes there's unexpected consequences where you buy a big house that you've always wanted and, you know, now you've got to take care of it on the outside and the inside and the upkeep. And um, there's just so many different things that might come into play the more you complicate your life. 
And even things like administering someone else's wealth, like the example of power of attorney or things like that, because Saturn, our ruler of Capricorn, a lot of the significations of Saturn have to do with administering um, administering something that someone else's, like, um, you know, whether that's fathering someone else's children or um, it, it's that sort of concept, you know, of, of taking care of something that isn't yours. So any any thoughts on wealth and and Jupiter and Cap? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, one of the resources that I um, used early and often in learning astrology uh, was not from a Hellenistic perspective, but incorporated more of a modern um, Sue Tompkins uh, aspects in astrology. And one of the things, you know, it's very cookbook, but I love some of those cookbook combinations. And I was just reading through it for the outer planets because Pluto is also in Capricorn. Um, Jupiter is going to run into it three times due to its retrograde. And when you bring uh, Pluto in with that wealth, um, there can often be uh, an idea of like a hidden or buried wealth. So, you know, there you could go through most of the time in uh, with Jupiter and Capricorn this time around with that very Saturnian like, oh, I just wish I could break this cycle of like wealth um, that, you know, I, I can't get it without this work or, um, you know, there there's. I'm, I'm kind of trapped by maybe debt or um, other pieces like that. But then there's this boom, hidden wealth that comes out or wealth that you didn't know was accessible to you or um, something that comes out and you're going to use it in a completely different way, something that kind of changes the game. So so there's that kind of hidden gem there with uh, Pluto being in Capricorn as well. Even secrets about money, that's another um Saturn thing in the in the ancient books they talk about Saturn meaning secrets and so with Jupiter uh, meaning wealth and Saturn meaning secrets you know you might see some sort of secrets about money coming out during that time. Um, Jupiter also has a lot to do with luck and joy and you know again not the thing we immediately associate with Capricorn um, but you know you you may still see some luck with goals or luck in the long run if you put the work in. Finding joy through making the serious, mature, responsible choice is probably another one. I had a client recently um, who talked about making the conscious decision not to party or go out so much now, and she's kind of reframing her priorities around career goals instead. And, you know, so you you don't always think about joy and, and serious maturity in the same sentence, but I do think that there's, you know, a certain kind of joy that you can reach by, um, consciously making those decisions, setting high standards for yourself and others, um, even joy in things like that you don't expect to find joy in, like um, joy in solitude. Um, Saturn is, is very much a, a hermit and a loner. And uh, sometimes, you know, you're not looking forward to solitude, but you actually do get something out of it. Joy via self-employment, regardless of wealth, you know, even if you're not making a ton of money from your self-employment, you still might get a certain kind of joy from that or um, experience happiness or wealth through building or crafting things since Cap is an earth sign is all about the, the building and the crafting and the, you know, working with your hands and, you know, creating something tangible, um, things like that. I love that. And, and kind of to pull in a, uh, another of the outer planet transits, um, Neptune is also kind of in the, the scope of um, a few different um, uh, sextiles with Jupiter in Capricorn. 
um, this time around. And we saw a ton of activity with the Jupiter-Neptune square while Jupiter was in Sagittarius. Um, things are going to become softer in that area. And as as we build up to that, that uh, closing of the Jupiter-Neptune cycle um, in a couple of years, we get that this like... Um, things coming together, things coalescing, um, and with Neptune, uh, that that more positive association with Jupiter of the dreams or the fantasies coming to fruition. And so, I, I do think that the timing with with some of those things that are more difficult or things that require like multiple attempts or trying very hard for um, and being really related to worry or doubt or fear. I see that as being a, a, a potential positive effect uh, uh, that Jupiter is going to be making that aspect um, to Neptune, especially after that, that uh, you know, so it might tie into those Pisces areas of your lives too and change those in a different way um, because Jupiter is now in a sextile aspect in Capricorn. Um, so it's not just, you know, what's happening in Capricorn, but it's also how um, how can Jupiter's beneficence there or benefit there enhance some of the other relationships that it's been having. I, I love that for a couple of reasons because, um, you know, we talked about how um, Jupiter in fall may have more trouble helping its own houses out and Pisces is one of its own houses. So if you've got the Jupiter-Neptune sex, sextile during that time that it's applying, um, you know, you, you might really experience more help in an area that was struggling a little bit more this year. And just the whole thought of like, Neptune in Pisces is very watery, and then you've got Jupiter in Capricorn in the Earth sign, and the mixing of Earth and water, you know, how fertile and how ripe for growth it is, and how helpful that can be, um, you know, especially in a sign where things take a while to grow, like Capricorn. And um, actually, the, the connection to Neptune and water makes me think of one of the other ones I had written down um it's another quirky like very literal manifestation um back in ancient times saturn was associated with the sea and seafaring and and um you know being on the water and things like that and i'd actually been contemplating taking a cruise before all this happened and i thought oh yeah okay maybe maybe it could be a good year for that you know um finding joy through um being on the water or um or those types of things it's just one of those quirky ancient significations that people don't think about as much in modern times but it does come up in the Hellenistic astrology books a lot. So um, what else? Oh, and, and even just to flip it a little bit, um, I would say like if you're struggling with joy at all, you might see more faking joy. Um, Dan Daniel, you mentioned uh, the Instagram stuff. And, you know, I kind of think of, you know, Jupiter in Capricorn as being kind of image conscious. conscious. Uh, Capricorn is, is pretty image conscious. And so you've got you know, all of the faking of joy with, you know, posting on Instagram or social media, um, you know, making it look better than it is, or even faking the appearance of wealth um, with Jupiter meaning wealth. You know, I, it makes me think of something like The Great Gatsby, you know, where you've got somebody who is trying to come off as far wealthier and, and you know, in far more an advantageous place than they actually are. Saturn has to do with false appearances or playing a part. That's another thing you see in the Hellenistic texts a lot. And so the idea of, you know, really making your situation look better than it is during a time when, um, you know, it's, it's really going to take a lot longer to get to that place. I love that you said, I feel like uh, now I can bring in Uranus, the the last outer planet. Jupiter's going to try in Uranus very early on in Capricorn um, and then not going to revisit it because 
the retrograde doesn't get back that far. And so I, I kind of saw that as an anomaly. It's going to trine it though. So it's, it's that soft aspect. Um, so again, you know, not, maybe not as bad as, as we're, um, we're worried about, uh, Jupiter and Capricorn, but that idea of Uranus as challenging us to be authentic and really disrupting any pieces that are not authentic to us. <laughs> it makes me kind of think of just, you know, if, if you feel like you're going to go through Capricorn for the first few weeks, um, like everything is fine. Nothing's wrong. Everything's okay. Um, you're going to get that like shake up from, from that, uh, trying to Uranus, but, but hopefully for the positive, right? Maybe it, it's going to be helping us understand we don't have to pretend or we don't have to be that, that, per, that image of ourselves. That's, that's like eternal optimist or, um, that that very Jupiter and Sag energy, and again, it's that slowing down. How do we how do we be more intentional with the presence that we're putting out there, so that we can better connect and better uh, accomplish the things we're trying to in community versus doing everything just ourselves. Um, so I do think that December of 2019 is going to see some of those really big pieces where we're going to feel that transition, and for some people, that might be more of a shock than others, um, depending on how they're, how they experience Jupiter and Sag, what they learned from that and what they're, what they're in position to learn with their Capricorn house. Yeah, the hope is that we've all gotten some opportunities in Jupiter and Sag that we can maybe, you know, dig into a little bit more and, and use that as a jumping off place, um, you know, to, to work through and, and get more out of in, in Capricorn. Um, some of the other things I looked at as far as Jupiter and Cap goes is um, Jupiter can mean advantages sometimes. And so possible, um, like when Jupiter's in the exalted bound of Mars or in like a slightly better place, I could see like advantages for prosperity through society, advantages in business such as getting tax breaks, a very Capricornian thing. You know, when, when it's in a slightly better bound, I can I can see some of those things coming through, especially if you've done the work beforehand or finding advantages in a difficult situation, um, you know, such as some sort of exile or imprisonment, even if that's not literal, you know, if you got kicked out of a friend group or, you know, whatever's going on that makes you feel like you're in exile or like you're trapped, you know, Jupiter is pretty good at finding the advantages to those types of situations. Oh, even things like uh, prosperity through death and things like that as well, you know, inheritance or life insurance, those types of things can come up where you're getting an advantage, you're getting something um, helpful or unexpected, but it's maybe not coming through the most positive of circumstances. But likewise, I think that the tricky thing about Jupiter and Cap is that you're going to get um, a little bit of both. So it's like knowing when one is coming and when when isn't. You might also experience blockages or obstacles for, to prosperity uh, just because of that Saturn component. So trying to figure out, um, I think bringing in those transits like you've been doing, Daniel, will be the key to, to figuring out when things are going to flip um, in the right direction. Let's see. I think some of the other things um, going on to a slightly different topic with Jupiter and Cap would be um, pregnancy type stuff. Jupiter is fertility. Jupiter is childbirth. Jupiter is pregnancy. And uh, combining that with Capricorn can mean a, kind of a wide variety of things, really. It makes me think of like postpartum depression and things like that. If you if you you know just had a child or if you're going through pregnancy, um, where you, you know you have the child, but then you know you've got that Capricorn component kind of bringing you down. Capricorn and Saturn can also bring in fear, fear of being unable to get pregnant. Um, I've seen a lot of people in my life going through that experience of you know 
another two steps forward, one step back kind of experience. And uh, Jupiter in general, um, one of the ancient significations was adoption. And uh, with Saturn, like I said, there's that component of parenting other people's children. And so adopting, fostering, uh, artificial insemination, any kind of pregnancy issues, uh, possibly doing some of this without a partner since Saturn is all about being solo. And Saturn even has to do with abandonment. So, you know, if you're taking on someone else's child, you know, it it might be because of abandonment. And uh, so some of those issues, I think, are ones that we might not think of as often, but they are very Jupiter and Saturn. Um, And likewise, you might also see blockages, obstacles and delays around those issues. Babies being more after their due date, things like that. Or even having a baby when you're older, because Saturn has that component of delay or being older when things happen. So just something that we might not have all thought about when it comes to those two planets. Anything else that you want to share, Daniel, as far as um, different things that might happen? Looking through my notes, I think those are some of the big, the big pieces that without looking further into like transits, I think those are, those are the, the main ones. And, and of course, like transits to your natal chart are also going to be, you know, we, we can't cover those here because they're your natal chart especially thinking of timing of different pieces of these might coincide with the transits and aspects to other planets, um, but could also be, you know, if Jupiter is your time lord, um, and I know you've talked um, at length about annual perfection time lord technique. So yeah, I, I think if, if anyone's interested in a deeper interpretation or manifestation, like digging into their chart and seeing how that overlaps would be very revealing. And yeah, the Time Lord thing I really notice, um, you know, if, if Jupiter is turned on for a Time Lord for you, you're going to notice that that Jupiter and Cap a lot more than, than some people would, for sure. Uh, one other thing I would bring up is like friendships and those types of things. Jupiter has a lot to do with alliances and friendships. And in Capricorn, it could be um, friendships with well-connected or high-status people um, or people from your past. Capricorn has a lot to do with the past. And um, in general, on the more positive front, it could be friendships that are more persistent, reliable, steadfast, committed, those types of things, because you get that kind of longevity with Capricorn. Um, At the same time, depending on what else is going on in the chart, it could be um, feeling isolated, rejected, or exiled from alliances and friendships, or experiencing a lot of distress or regret or anger in regards to friendships. Even false alliances through friendships, bringing in that false appearance through Saturn again. Um, And I think which way it goes is going to depend a lot on the transits and how it's affecting your chart. There's room for both, I think, um, just because we do get that combination of benefic and malefic energies. Sometimes it just comes down to like setting boundaries or maintaining boundaries and friendships and, and figuring out how to like you know, control it in a way that works for you. And again, secrets within friendships, just like secrets with money. You know, I think you could see some some secrets within friendships uh, during that time, whether it's a friend keeping a secret from you, you keeping a secret from a friend, or the both of you keeping a secret from someone else. There is that, that Saturnian um, secrets component. Yeah, I think we're so used to, like you mentioned, Jupiter and Sagittarius just being like green lights on all fronts. We're going to have more uh, yellow lights and red lights, and we're just going to have to get used to that and and understand that the the opportunities are different here. And we, we maybe have to be more cautious as we're 
um, going through this terrain than we were in uh, the rocket ship of <laughs> Jupiter and Sagittarius. <laughs> exactly. It's been fun. I mean, I have to say, I definitely felt Jupiter and Sag, and I definitely saw a lot of things happen because of it. And, you know, that was one, though, even though it wasn't even though it wasn't like a major time lord for me in those areas, I, I really felt it. Um, so I make the most of it while you've got it. <laughs> Jupiter in general, um, another really big one um, that I, I had noted was the faith or religion component of Jupiter. And in Capricorn, you might see it like conform with society or societal expectations a little bit more. You've got that traditional component. That's something that, you know, even if that's not you personally, you might see on a wider level in society. And just that kind of conservative righteousness, the kind of feeling like you're right, um, a lot of conviction in your beliefs or belief system, which, you know, the conviction can be good or bad depending on what it is and if you're enforcing it on others or not. Um, there might be that tendency to you know, want to set boundaries or rules for yourself and others based around like beliefs or ethics. And, um, you know, sometimes people, people don't like that so much, but I do feel like it's something that you might observe around you. Even just like proving your beliefs through things like facts or numbers or something more objective, objective examples, because Capricorn is such an earth sign. You know, it's really looking for proof in a way that Jupiter and Sag isn't. Jupiter and Sag is all about going on faith and vision and opportunity. And Jupiter and Capricorn is probably going to look into things a little bit more and, and want to see, you know, why and are we sure this is working this way? And you might see things like self-righteous bosses with Capricorn being such a leadership sign, um, whether it's bosses or authority figures, or you, you might kind of get that from people in your life and that can definitely rub people the wrong way. Um, but on the other hand, Jupiter and Cap, I would say would make you more um, like self-disciplined in exercising your own ethical system. So if you've got a system in your head and you want to follow those ethics, I feel like in Ju with Jupiter and Capricorn, it might be easier to follow those rules. You know, maybe it's an ethical system you believe in, but you still have a hard time following at times. You know, this is this is like a time when you could get a lot more serious about that and, and live with integrity. Just just a lot of different ways that this could go as far as the faith-based um, aspect is. Yeah, and what I find interesting too about just where we are in the timeline, um, to borrow a phrase from Gordon White, I feel like the the context matters. We you know we had a couple years ago Saturn going through Sagittarius, and that to me that combination of the Jupiter Saturn um, kind of faith proving belief was leaning more towards the side of fervently held beliefs that don't need to be proved. They just kind of persist and and propagate. And contrasting that with the upcoming Saturn-Jupiter conjunction in 2020 in Aquarius, um, which I think is going to be a lot more about liberated ideas and kind of the, the casting off of some of the the more the the things that are so traditionally held but for reasons that we no longer need we're in the middle of that and we're in we're in like a sweet spot uh that's kind of preparing for that and maybe it's that that swinging of more of the jupiter into capricorn um than we've had and and maybe some of that saturn in sag uh conflict or tense energy isn't going to be present so much with with uh now that saturn's been in domicile for a while 
um, and has kind of regained a lot of its own resources. Um, maybe that combination of Jupiter and Saturn is going to be a little bit more, not compromising, but a little bit more harmonious um, and a little bit more able to be prepared for what's next for both of them um, as we think about the big cycles. Yeah, that's a really good point because they did get a little bit of time of being in each other's signs and then they're both going to move into Aquarius. And is there anything else about the transits that you want to share with us? I know Daniel's done some looking over of, you know, what's to come in the next year specifically. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I've noticed about Jupiter that I've mentioned a couple times on on my podcast that I really see in my chart and the people I talk to, but isn't something I learned in a book. Um, so if it is somewhere in someone's technique, great to let me know so I can cite who thought of it first. But I see the the significations of Jupiter moving into the next sign start to happen after it leaves the shadow. So I think it left the shadow, if I check my ephemeris, um, just on November 7th, I think it was. And so at the time of this recording, notice the house that Capricorn is for you if you're using whole sign houses um, and is Jupiter starting to kind of, or are you starting to see some themes emerge through the work that Jupiter and Sagittarius has been doing? That would be the first thing that I would ask people to look at in terms of transits. But Jupiter will ingress fully into Capricorn on December 2nd and will very close, very soon afterwards um, go under the beams of the sun. And then we'll get that sweet Jupiter Kazemi on uh, December 27th right after um, that Jupiter trine that we talked about with Uranus. So that that whole period is going to look at Jupiter very differently than we have. We literally won't be able to see it in the sky and it'll be in a completely new sign. And then in January, it goes into the bound of Jupiter. So we still have that somewhat positive, um, those resources that we talked about. And then will form a sextile with Venus. So another uh, very good thing. And then we'll exit the Deccan and the Bound by the beginning of February. So I think that really, that first period from December 2nd through February 2nd, really is us adjusting to Jupiter in Capricorn. So that'll be that prime time for us to start to notice maybe some of these significations that we've been talking about, or to just pay more attention to that area of your chart. It's actually amazing how fast it's going through before yeah. the retrograde. <laughs> you know, like it's much faster than you would think for Jupiter. Um, but it is interesting that it's hitting some more positive or, you know, interesting configurations first. It's, it's not getting to the hardest stuff right away. I wish we had. I wish it was slower because, yeah, unfortunately, most of the time it's in Capricorn. It doesn't have that great just zoom, zoom. Um, it enters the shadow of its next retrograde um, mid February, and then will sextile Ju uh, Neptune uh, for the first time, and then we get to the third decan already of Capricorn on March third. That's so fast. Yeah, we we have a late a later retrograde in terms of degrees. Um, in Capricorn. And then we start to see some crunchiness. So we get a Mars conjunction with Jupiter on March 20th. But again, Mars is exalted in Capricorn. So we're getting that like maybe yellow light, not a red light, but a yellow light, some mixed um, significations there. But then the next day, Saturn does go into Aquarius for the first time. Um, and so does provide a little bit less support. 
But then a week later, Venus trines Jupiter. So again, it's like this up and down. You, you said up and down already in this podcast. Um, and then early April, that's going to be the first Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. So I think that's kind of epic um, in terms of uh, that, that shadow period. And then in uh, mid-May, we get the retrograde station at 27 degrees. We see the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction again at the end of June. And then Saturn comes back into Capricorn. Saturn's uh, gone retrograde already. So Jupiter regains that reception um, from its ruler. Even though Saturn rules Aquarius, like we talked about, it can't see it by Ptolemaic aspect or see Jupiter when it's in Aquarius. So there is that kind of weakened rulership or support. Yeah, I think that's Um, a really important one that Daniel pointed out because, you know, it's in its own sign Saturn's in its own sign no matter what but as soon as Jupiter can't see its ruler that's going to change how the feel of it and you said it's in Aquarius for a few months right just uh, like July 1st so it's like like three and a half months then the rest of the time it's pretty much in Capricorn um Saturn is while Jupiter's there mm-hmm yep yeah they they almost catch up but but they both go into Aquarius before they catch up to each other and then right before the direct station we do get another mars aspect this one i would say is probably again mixed so it's a it's a square mars square jupiter but mars is going to be in aquarius or in aries at that time which mars is dignified in and jupiter will be in the second decan of uh capricorn which we said was ruled by mars so there's some reception there Um, So it's not entirely crunchy, even though a Mars-Jupiter square doesn't sound like the most fun thing. But one good thing about that, too, is it sounds like Jupiter will be in, um, will be overcoming Mars. um, So it'll have the upper hand. Um, You know, Jupiter will be the one in charge, essentially. Even though Mars has, you know, a lot of dignity in Aries, uh, they both have a strength in a different way, with Jupiter being the one overcoming and Mars being an Aries. So yeah, that, that could be interesting. It could provide some energy or fuel at a time where Jupiter feels really sluggish. It will literally be retrograde and almost stationing direct. Um, so it could we could use some shaking up probably around that time. And yeah, the, the overcoming squares is an aspect that we should be familiar with because that's what Jupiter was doing with Neptune this past year. So it's again, it's that like Jupiter catching up and providing that forward. Or no, it's the opening square. Never mind. So Mars is is the faster moving planet. And so Mars is kind of directing some of that energy, but Jupiter is is still overcoming in that position. And then mid-September, we get the direct station at 17 degrees. So we see the third and final sextile to Neptune in October the third and final Jupiter-Pluto conjunction in November. We do get another Mars square Jupiter um, on October 19th, while Mars is retrograde in Aries, but Venus also trines Jupiter that day. <laughs> so it's like the the like extreme good and extreme bad could go either way or could be mixed together. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting when you look at these patterns. And then we get... Um, exiting the shadow again early December and then we get that ingress into Aquarius um, on December 19th of 2020 um, followed right afterwards by the dramatic Jupiter Saturn conjunction so yeah that's the overall shape and flow of Jupiter in Capricorn with the transits and phases and retrograde stations 
That is fascinating. That is so helpful, Daniel. I'm, I'm really excited to have that whole overview, not just of, of Jupiter and Capricorn, but also of what specifically to expect, um, you know, since it's happening for us as we're doing this recording. Wow. Lots of context with Mars, too. You know, like more than that seems to be like an ongoing theme. And we see it go back and forth a couple times with that. Let's see. Um, I think I only have a few other things to mention as far as, uh, you know, th- things that we might see while Jupiter's in Cap. And and then we'll go on to uh, maybe discussing what uh, what you might see in your own chart, depending on what your rising sign is um, and what house Jupiter will be falling in for you while it's in Capricorn. Yeah, as far as um, significations go, um, I would say uh, a few more ethical things, examining like the ethics of your past and reevaluating whether they fit with your present. Um, learning about ethics in like a tangible, hands-on, earthy way would be another thing you might see with Jupiter and Cap. Um, you know, learning through experience and having that shape your ethics as far as, you know, um, you know, like if you meet somebody that you weren't expecting to meet and they give you a new perspective on an ethical issue because you're seeing how it's really playing out for them in life and those types of things. It, like I mentioned, it would be a good time to start a routine-oriented spiritual practice because Capricorn will kind of keep you on task and, and keep you focused. Uh, or planning or organizing spiritual events or spiritual goals is another one I like to think about. The person who runs um, one of our astrological conferences, Norwex, uh, is a Capricorn. And uh, she's very good at combining that. You know, she's running a conference on a spiritual topic. Uh, but she's really good at um, time management and planning and and bringing it all together and getting people to work together. And Jupiter and Capricorn would be really good for those kinds of things, um, as well as like business ethics and things that bring an ethical or belief system in with a more practical side of things in society. What else? Uh, things like the history of religion could come up as a topic. Capricorn has a lot to do with history, um, and Jupiter is going to bring in that that spiritual side of things. You might feel a little nostalgic for past honors or um, a time in your life when you actually did feel like recognized and rewarded and appreciated, because it, it'll be a while, you know, when that you won't be feeling that as much necessarily with Jupiter and Capricorn. Uh, but it's a good time for stabilized routine in general. Um, you know, if you're really trying to commit to something or get in the habit of doing something, it would be a good time for that. Um, you might see it like in your own business stabilizing or in physical and financial security. You might see some stabilization there over time. Um, just in general, um, you, you might see some relief from bad things that happened in the past um, with Jupiter coming in. Um, or good things that produce tangible results. Um, that Earth sign is really going to color how Jupiter expresses itself. At the same time, you might see restrictions on freedom because Saturn is the one hosting Jupiter and Saturn is the one with the final say. But there are some fun things too as far as the quality of the period. Um, I would say you might see a little bit of like laughing or poking fun at society or the status quo. You've got Jupiter kind of bounding into Capricorn with a lot to say. Um, you might see some self-deprecating humor. Jupiter is about laughter and humor, and in Capricorn, that's kind of the way it might express itself, um, as well as like quiet confidence, you know, nothing too um, boisterous or over the top or annoying, you know, you're just going to see somebody who is very capable and um, quietly very good at what they do, someone who can be resourceful, 
you might feel a little bit of a materialistic edge with Jupiter and Capricorn. You know, you might feel that pull a little bit more. But in general, you know, this is a time where you can create a long-term commitment to a positive change in your life. And I think by the time Jupiter leaves the sign, you'll you'll see more of that. Um, and creating a legacy out of um, bringing our visions to life, I think is a really good um, overarching thing that you can look for with Jupiter and Cap. Capricorn is all about legacy and, um, you know, leaving something important behind you that will stand the test of time. And Jupiter is all about vision and dreams and uh, Capricorn kind of lets us manifest them. So that's probably the most optimistic way I have of, of looking at it um, if you're willing to do the work. So That's beautiful. I love that. Awesome. Okay, so now we're going to start talking about um, rising signs and how each rising sign will be affected by uh, Jupiter moving into Capricorn. It'll be in a different place and house in, in every person's chart, depending on your rising sign. And um, just as a reminder, we were talking about how a benefic planet in its fall or depression uh, could help in, in a minor way, help the topics of the house it's transiting. So your Capricorn house could get helped in some ways, but the planet itself, Jupiter and the houses it rules, they may struggle a little bit being in fall or depression. So it's a little bit of a mix and looking at those areas can be really important depending on your rising sign. So for example, if we start with our Capricorn risings uh, who have Jupiter transiting their first house as soon as it moves into Cap, uh, some of the things I was thinking about would be uh, like a gradual growing confidence in yourself regardless of external results. You know, it's more of an internal feeling. Um, it's a time to like buckle down to pursue what you most want to achieve in life. You might be taking yourself a little more seriously. And of course, there's always the thing with the first and the sixth house and Jupiter transiting them. You might see a little more weight gain. Um, that's a common one that comes up with Jupiter transiting either your first or your sixth because they both have to do with health in, in some capacity. Anything that you would want to mention as far as Jupiter and uh, transiting the first? Yeah, well, it's uh, just wrapping up my uh, first house transit right now. So definitely, um, I think a greater sense of of identity or awareness for yourself or what you're connected to as well, kind of um, what defines you um, as, a, as an individual um or as an individual in a collective. So you might be um, joining different groups or having some identities become more important than they were in the past or less important than they were in the past, kind of that shifting. And and with Capricorn specifically, um, maybe some of those cl more closely held beliefs kind of shifting um, or becoming more cemented or kind of looking at what you want to let go of or kind of move forward with. I, I, of course, having my transit in Sagittarius is probably very different than in Capricorn. But some of those same themes, I think, especially as it relates to identity in a collective, it's, I think that's a very um, important thing when Jupiter, one of those outer social planets, kind of intersects with your first house. Yeah, Jupiter's all about exploration. So you're definitely come out, going to come out of it feeling like a, you know, a little bit different person or a person who is growing a lot during that time. Um, the tricky part with Jupiter and Cap will be that um, if you are Cap rising, your third and your twelfth houses might be a little more afflicted because those are your Sag and Pisces houses. Those are the houses that Jupiter rules if you're a Capricorn rising. And in those houses, I would say there might be a little bit more of a challenge to keep a positive or optimistic attitude about life with Jupiter and Capricorn in its fall. 
Um, you might see some struggles with like mental health or depression because third and 12th both have to do with the mind and just a general feeling of you might feel a little more trapped or confined or silenced or unheard or like misunderstood by other people just because um, Jupiter's a little weekend and it, it's ruling both of those places. Yeah. And I think that that really underlines kind of what I mentioned before with that need to um, express your needs more. If you that can be like that balm to to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, if you are really intentional about um, naming those feelings as they come up or um, not being afraid of the stigma that might be associated with asking for help or communicating your needs or communicating your feelings with others. We might feel like there's a limitation there, but it might be a limitation we're putting on ourselves or that we've internalized from a, a message we've received from society. That doesn't have to be the case. And so definitely pay attention to that and, and feel free to experiment with that and to, to take some risks in that area. So that's all. Those are all really good points. This is exactly why I brought Daniel on because we need the positivity <laughs> and the optimism <laughs> and the figuring out how to work with it. I, I think that's definitely the most important thing. And Daniel, it just seems to come so naturally for you, which um, I'm admittedly very jealous of. I have a lot of Jupiterian interests um, and jovial interests, but um, the the natural positivity and and being able to see that silver lining, like I appreciate that so much. So. Ask me in a year how I'm doing once Jupiter goes through Capricorn, but I know I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Sag or Jupiter people. That's that's fantastic. Um, and speaking of Sag, Sag rising would be the next uh, rising sign to look at. They'll have Jupiter transiting their second house. Um, so some things you might see there, uh, creating a budget or a long-term financial plan might be a good thing to do. Um, you might see finances improve in modest ways, nothing crazy, but um, over time. And also just a suggestion to maybe not take big risks with money during that transit because it is in a more conservative or, or tightening up lean sign in general. It might be a better time to also, I would say, have a long-term stability plan that could grow over time. You know, sometimes we think about several options in front of us and thinking about, wow, this isn't quite a good fit or, you know, but it's not what I need right now. But it's, I think this is a great time to think about what your long-term needs are and weigh those as well and not just jump right into the first thing that um, comes across you as an option. Take the, It's again, that like slowing down, be intentional with your choice. Yeah, especially in that money house because that could change really fast. So um, it's definitely a good idea to have that, you know, have savings and, and have those um those backup plans and different options. Uh, with Sag Risings, you're gonna see your first and fourth houses um, possibly a little more afflicted um, with Jupiter um, ruling your first and fourth houses. So the feeling might be a little bit less buoyant and enthusiastic than you're used to as a Sag Rising. You normally you know, are gonna feel that way a bit more, um, but you might be a little more careful in general. Um, you're gonna notice the lack of recognition, um, might be a little more keeping your nose to the grindstone field during this year. With it affecting your fourth house, you might see some downsizing of some kind, as we mentioned Marie Kondo, whether it's like actually relocating to a smaller or cheaper place or just something simple like, you know, donating or throwing out or selling a bunch of your stuff, you know, a bunch of material items. Um, and if it's if it's not that, it might be just feeling more like restricted by your living environment 
whether it's like a landlord or a neighbor or someone you live with or like noise in your immediate environment, something just just a little bit more restrictive in that area of life. A lot of these things I feel like are going to be subtle. Um, you know, we're really just talking about the ruler of a house rather than what's happening in it per se, as far as these Jupiter houses go. But it, it's just sort of like a feeling that might be going on in the background for you during this year. You could also see some of those significations relating to your parents or family, especially with fourth house, and just thinking about the role that you play in those relationships and making sure that, again, you are being able to be in good relationship with with those people and not um, feel like you are weaker in those relationships or that you're at a disadvantage there or that you don't have influence you may feel like you're doing work for your family that goes unrecognized and I, and I would say like keep checking in with with people around you to help kind of ground you in in that work and why you're doing it and why it's important um, rather than doing it for the recognition or for the the uh, advantage that it might gain you in those relationships oh that's a really good point yeah definitely um, Scorpio risings, your Jupiter in Cap will be transiting the third house. Uh, so you might receive some practical or financial support from siblings, relatives, close friends. Uh, there might be like long periods of study that open your mind, broaden your horizons, but also require self-discipline. You've got that third house having a lot to do with like learning and the mind um, and Jupiter being really expansive that way. Um, it also might have to do with like writing or publishing, but maybe something like more technical or nonfiction like something how-to or business-related. Um, since it's in Capricorn, third house has a lot to do with writing and communicating. Jupiter, um, one of its significations is publishing, but you're just going to get that more like earthy side of it, um, you know, more than like fiction or something like that. It might be something a little bit more practical. Also in the third house, because it has to do with communication, I would say like discovering or revealing the truth about something secret. Uh, Jupiter is truth. And Saturn Capricorn is secrets. And so that's a little bit more likely to come up in a communication house. And again, that routine oriented spiritual practice I mentioned above that it's a, a likely place for um, Scorpio risings would be a likely place to, to see it happen because of where Jupiter in Cap will be located. And I, I feel like that's going to be very difficult. But if you lean into that, I think it could also help protect against some of those other pieces you might experience. So Jupiter will be ruling uh, Sagittarius and Pisces, which for Scorpio rising is your second and your um, fifth house, fifth house being that creativity. So I also see that piece with like if you're someone who usually thrives on creative writing or creative expression, you might feel a little bit of that um, depression there. And this might be a time to lean into that more technical or that more grounded side um, or think about how you are going to be expressing yourself in a way that isn't for recognition necessarily, but is more for accomplishing a purpose or smaller tasks that will eventually lead up to a big one. I think a lot about that with publishing, where especially in, in our society of like, you know, all the Instagram people will say like, post every day, make sure you have a post every day. Also make sure you have a quality post and that and that the posts you're doing are accurate and sustainable. Um, so a good time to maybe step back so that you can continue to build and work on your long-term voice. And maybe once Jupiter's out of Capricorn, 
the creativity will flow more easily and you'll have more skills as a result of that at that time you spend there. Oh, that is such a nice tie in back to the fifth house and all of that, how it all works together and how you make it work for you. Yeah, definitely figuring out how to work on longer term projects with it being in Capricorn rather than the the quick hit kind of things. And uh, yeah, I definitely do think it might be a little bit more difficult for Scorpio Risings as far as the the depression goes. Um, So doing the kinds of projects that you actually can um, feel the flow with would be helpful probably. Um, because it affects your second house as far as Jupiter ruling your second house, uh, you might see a little bit of finances taking a hit or you might feel like you're, you know, you're working a lot of long hours, but not enough money um, or feel like there's things you want to do, but you can't because of lack of funds. You know, th- those types of things it, being careful with your money house would probably be smart during this time so that you've got it for the things you really want it for. Um, and children in the fifth house, I would say, like, if you have children or you want to have children, um, you know, it might be a little bit trickier um, around pregnancy when it comes to Scorpio risings. Or for people who have kids, you might feel a little powerless over your kids' behavior, their circumstances, might not be something you can do a whole lot about. Um, Or you might just feel like a little more unimportant to your kids at this time. Um, You know, you're not the highest priority with that Jupiter and fall. Or uh, fifth house can be dating life sometimes. You know, you might feel a little bit of a restriction in that area um, and definitely not a time to go um, gambling or doing anything that involves chance because with both the fifth and the second house affected, you know, we're looking at like, it's really not a time to go to the casino or um, don't be over optimistic about <laughs> exactly, <your odds. laughs> especially Scorpio risings because of where um, of the houses that Jupiter rules. That's why why we'd recommend that. So, <laughs> um, how about Libra risings? Um, with Libra rising, Jupiter would be transiting the fourth house when it's going through Capricorn. Uh, so this is home family type stuff. In general, if you're setting down long-term roots somewhere, whether it's buying a new house or renting a place, you know, that that would be um, a good time to do it because Capricorn is about like that longevity and commitment. Um, If you're not moving, it it could just be some kind of improvement in your ongoing living situation, you know, something a little more minor. Um, And also possibly like a working from home component or making money from home since Jupiter's wealth. You might see some of that. And one thing on a personal level I was going to mention is that with Jupiter signifying adoption in the Hellenistic texts, um, that's been on my mind because my sister is actually interested in adopting right now, and she is a Libra rising. And I did mention to her that Jupiter and Cap will be hanging out in her fourth house of home, family, and parents for a lot of 2020. And um, since the ruler of Jupiter and Cap is Saturn, you know, it comes back to that parenting someone else's children idea. So, um, and what she wants to do is actually foster first and then possibly adopt. And so you see those Saturn-Jupiter significations coming right into that area of her life that she's hoping for it to come in. So um, I think that that would be an interesting one to watch too, since it's something we don't see as often. What do you think about the fourth house, Daniel? I I like that, especially, you know, thinking ahead to looking at the um, houses that Jupiter rules would be the third and the sixth. Um, The sixth being the house of hard work, labor, um, physical stress to your body. All of those things make me think of parenting. (laughs) And community is also that third house. So like literally fostering or taking care of 
children from the community or or inviting community into your home that's hard work and it's going to feel hard and your perspective day to day might be different than that big picture perspective at the end of a year even just regular parenting is like that (laughs) yeah yeah and then and then with that added you know piece of well they're not my kids i you know what what obligation do i have what is the commitment i've made that i've chosen she actually has her own children she has two children already and so she would be bringing um you know foster children into that experience so definitely a lot of challenges there and they have researched and prepared but you know i mean it you're never going to be able to predict everything that might happen so hard to keep that optimism or joy like, why did I do this again to myself? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and I think that could give us that permission again, like we've kind of talked about too. If things aren't happy all the time, that's okay. Talk about it. That That's normal too. We go through seasons in life. But how do you keep that joy, that spark of joy alive? Yeah, exactly. Gosh, what else? I, I mean, I if you're not dealing with the children aspect, um, you might see the the weakened Jupiter come out at your job, I guess. the You might feel like you have a little less authority or control at your job, office politics, and um, people are switching positions all the time, and new people are coming in, and people are leaving. And so any kind of switch like that can make, make you feel differently about your position. You might be a little depressed over daily work and responsibilities, um, or have some difficulty learning something new. Um, again, like I mentioned for one of the other signs, it's that feeling silenced, unheard or misunderstood. And so Daniel's tip about, you know, really speaking up and, and, and talking about how you feel or what you need out of the experience might be helpful. So let's take a look at Virgo rising. Uh, Jupiter would be transiting the fifth house for Virgo when it's going through Capricorn. Fifth house being creative stuff. Now, this is maybe a place where it it might go a little bit better with Jupiter moving in there, turning the creative ideas into tangible projects, you know, one day at a time, not going to happen overnight. But, you know, Jupiter is, is there to provide that creative spark. Uh, again, this is another place where you might see that adoption, fostering, pregnancy stuff because it's the fifth house of children. I feel like it could come up in the fourth house of parents or the fifth house of children. What, what do you think, Daniel, about what you might see in the fifth house? Yeah, I think about the the long-term aspect of that, especially connecting either with that creative project. So maybe it's a time to start a project that you've been putting off because you're like, oh, it's it's just so long, but finding a way to find joy in the small daily things that need to that you need to do for that project to take shape. And then the same thing if you're if you're working with kids, either kids of your own or or other people's children. As an educator, my fifth house is super active, even though I don't have kids of my own. <laughs> um, and I attribute it to that. And so I think I think too, like if if you are an educator, or someone who works with kids, this might feel like a year that just drags on and on and on. So take that step back, be intentional. Are you just repeating things that you've done before? Or are you actually finding ways to bring in new and exciting ideas um, to challenge yourself? What is the thing you're creating? Is it something you're being intentional about? Or are you just replicating things that are not what you really want to be putting out there into the world just because you think you have to? A lot, of, a lot of educators get burnt out these days, and I think this can be... I mean, you're yeah. doing work, you know, behind the scenes and with the kids, and yeah, I, I don't know how you do it. That That is that is a really intense job, um, but hopefully rewarding and, and that you've got a lot of funny stories from it. It's actually really fun to hear about the fifth house from a, an educator's perspective, you know? Oh, yeah. When Uranus went through Aries, my, fir- my fifth house, whew, 
let me tell you fun stories <laughs> wow yeah that was such a long transit yeah, yeah unpredictable children and you know actually going completely the other route um fifth house is intimacy and, and sex and those types of things and saturn in the ancient text is actually known for unusual sexual practices so um you know again this could manifest more positively than you're expecting <laughs> yeah absolutely jupiter loves a, a good uh new exploratory act or idea so yeah things that you wouldn't think of that you know they do come up in the ancient text and so you know it's it's not all bad um the afflicted stuff though for for virgo risings um they're gonna have their fourth and seventh houses ruled by jupiter and so i mean those are pretty big houses because they're angular you know you might feel a little depressed or powerless um regarding something in your living environment or who you live with maybe like feeling restricted by where you live or what city you live in or who you don't live near enough to um for example my mom's a virgo rising and she's uh, you know really starting to feel restricted because she doesn't live anywhere near the grandkids you know they are they're in a totally different state and that's that's always been um you know especially rough on her i think and um depending on what age you're at you might feel helpless when it comes to like aging parents or caring for aging parents that can be a big responsibility and you know you might feel a little weakened or a little overwhelmed by those types of things with with the fourth house um being jupiter ruled uh also things like feeling maybe a little lower status than your romantic partner either because of like the way they treat you or the way others treat you both um you've got that jupiter that fallen jupiter element there or you might just feel a little trapped by your relationship situation, um, whether it's due to being single or whether it's like a relationship that isn't working, um, you know, just just a little bit disenchanted in those areas of life. Maybe that things are don't feel reciprocal also could come up. Yeah, the equality thing for sure. Um, Leo Risings. Uh, Jupiter will be transiting your sixth house when it's in Capricorn. Uh, you could see, so this is going to be like health and uh, daily work and pets and things like that. Uh, you might see some sort of like luck or unexpected benefit gained from a challenging health situation or see a little bit of improvement in either your condition or someone else's condition. Um, you know, sometimes really bad things, um, you know, can have some kind of silver lining or something that you, you know, weren't anticipating would come from it. And just in general, like it's a good house for that Capricornian routine. Um, you might be able to just in general maintain better health, even if you don't have something serious going on um, through like more disciplined and responsible self-care, those types of things. You, you might be in a better place to execute that stuff. And like your everyday career goals, this is another one of those gradually achieved sort of situations. If you've got the focus and the commitment and the patience, you know, by the time Jupiter leaves the sixth, you'll, you'll probably start seeing some of those career goals manifest. And um, like I mentioned before, um, the potential weight gain is there with Jupiter transiting the sixth. The, the first and the sixth always do have the possibility that they'll be hit by that. Um, but you're going to see gradual gains through entrepreneurship or saving money or all of those types of sixth house things. You know, it, it takes work, but you're going to see progress over time. 
Um, I always like to mention pets just because I have one and um, he's a big part of my life. I have a pug. And uh, so if, you, if you've got a new pet or if you're disciplining a pet, you know, Jupiter and Capricorn. Capricorn is a good place for discipline. The sixth house is a good place for discipline. Um, bringing in some discipline to have that stronger bond and happier home and all of that is, is good from the pet side, side of things, I think, with Capricorn. Um, it's not the funnest thing to do, but overall it might lead to a better outcome. And um, what do you think, Daniel? What, what do you got for sixth house? Yeah, coworkers is something that I think of a lot with sixth house and just how are you building a culture at your workplace too that that helps to like I talked about those patterns what patterns are you replicating do you feel like you're the only one who experiences joy in your workplace that can be very isolating um, and you may not feel like the things you do for your coworkers are recognized or receive the or, or motivate you to to continue that behavior so I think it's a good time to if you work on a large or small team, um, make sure that you're still articulating what your needs are in your environment um, at work, what's going to make the work joyful and sustainable for you. And to notice, too, how the physical uh, environment at work or the way you sit or the way, um, you know, if you have a if you have a desk job, how is that impacting you? Are you are you are you seeing any changes in your health that might be attributed to that? And what can what changes can you make there? What what new ways can you operate in that space. Yeah, that's a really good tip, you know, um, whether it's, you know, feng shui or bringing in any of those types of things, just little improvements can make such a difference in your mental state for sure. Um, you know, like like talking about the clutter or the reorganization or, you know, getting to sit by a window. Honestly, that can make such a difference at work. You know, all those little things when you're there for so long. And Leo Risings are going to have their fifth and eighth houses affected by that, you know, slightly weakened Jupiter. And so this might be having to be a little more frugal, you know, disciplined about paying off debt or taxes. Um, you know, if you're dealing with insurance issues of some kind, you might feel a little reliant on other people for help with financial matters with that eighth house coming up. Um, you know, it has to do with shared resources. Um, you know, maybe you can't do it on your own right now. Um, investments could take a hit. Um, fifth and eighth, again, that kind of stuff comes up because they both um, have something to do with investments or speculative chance-like activities. Just fears and doubts over your own choices with the eighth house, feeling lower on the totem pole with your children again, you know, with that fifth house coming back up, you know, maybe feeling tra trapped by your children's needs when they eclipse your own, trying to balance all of that. And I mean, I guess it, it's like, don't take it personally if you're on the lower totem pole with your children, especially depending on what age they are and what point in life they're at. You know, it just might be that they're refocusing, but, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to be everybody's top priority all the time. And it is just sort of like a temporary thing that, you know, people go through. And, uh, and even if you're really disciplined about the financial stuff, you actually might be doing pretty well by the end of the year. I, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. You might be able to still accomplish a lot. Yeah. And with the other significations of the fifth and eighth house of um, sex or intimacy too, changes in that area are feeling less joy or feeling like, um, there's there's not a, a, the same sense of recognition or feeling maybe even a little depressed about those prospects, I think is important to to voice and to not let that be an isolating experience, but lean into and maybe make new connections um, with people who 
you can talk to about that. So whether that's your friends or family or um, even a coworker that you trust, uh, if Jupiter's in that sixth house, who can you talk to to help you maybe express those needs and and understand in a different way um, how to avoid feeling that those feelings of disconnection or depression? Yeah, that's a really good point because it's like sort of one of those things that like people don't always talk about that much or maybe they only have one person they can talk to about it or whatever. Um, So it can feel really isolating and it is something that's so personal and emotional and it affects like your mental state and everything. So yeah, definitely, definitely something to think about. Um, Cancer Rising is next. Uh, Cancer Risings have Jupiter transiting the seventh house of relationships. Uh, So with Jupiter moving in there, I mean had Saturn and Pluto in there a long time. So you might start to see a slight improvement in terms of relationship opportunities with with a benefic moving in. And if you're already in a relationship, I'd say um, you might see or try to cultivate an uptick in being each other's allies and each other's support system. Um, Even though there might be some challenges because Saturn and Pluto have been there in Capricorn, um, you know, really working as a team and making sure that even if you've got issues going on that you have to deal with as a relationship, the two of you coming at it from the same side can make a big difference. And um, if if you're not in a relationship, possibly finding one um, through your friends or having a friend turn into a romantic partner since Jupiter has a lot to do with friends and allies. Um, could be a possibility or something to look into. What do you think, Dan- Daniel? Yeah, I've um, especially with all of the things um, happening with the eclipses in Capricorn, I've seen a lot of like long-term things end. Um, and with people uh, where it's kind of influencing their relationship, that can be very painful. And there's, there's no amount of time that's right or wrong for that pain to heal. Um, but this could be a good transit, at least, to experience some joy in that area of your life again. And whether it's like a, a long-lasting partner or whether it's like a, a thing in you about how you approach partnerships that can become long-lasting, this could be a time to invest in that, in that area of your life. Yeah, I like that because it gives you more control over it. You can figure out how you want to be in relationships, what kind of partner you want to be, um, you know, what things do you want to change and improve on and or maybe just try something different. Uh, Sometimes because partnership involves that other person, it you can feel a little helpless because you can't really control what they're doing or what their decisions are are, or how they're going to treat you or any of that. Um, You know, there's only so much control you have over that, even though you can express how you feel. And um, so working on on partnerships internally, too, could definitely be a good thing. And for Cancer Risings, sixth and ninth houses will be afflicted. Um, As far as those are the houses that Jupiter rules, Sagittarius and Pisces. And so, um, you know, this could be uh, like like one of the other signs, you know, you might feel a little more powerless at work or a little lower status. Um, You may have a little more trouble moving up in your position at work. Could be struggles or delays around travel or higher learning with the ninth house component coming in um you know so check and double check travel plans and having to commit in the long having to commit to the long haul in order to achieve work goals over time you know just being being willing to uh accept that it may may take longer than you'd like it to in those areas even if you're working really hard at it I have to, I just like, I just looked up in the ephemeris actually. Um, Cause when I said eclipses, I was like, wait, what month is it? it's good. December. We're going to get another eclipse in Capricorn. 
Christmas, right? Yeah, with right on top of Jupiter. Oh! I did not look at the eclipse cycles when I was looking at the transits before. I don't think I knew it was on Jupiter. I definitely knew there was going to be like a, a holiday eclipse. Yeah, Jupiter's Jupiter's um, five degrees, I think. Let me look it up again, just to be sure. Yeah, Jupiter's five degrees, and the eclipse will happen around four degrees. So definitely, based on the eclipses that we've seen in the summer, this could be an opportunity for some joy in that area, like the difference being Jupiter and Jupiter entering and being front and center stage. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Because we've already been dealing with those eclipses in Cancer and Capricorn for, you know, quite some time now. We've gone through them since at least January or a little bit before that too, right? Um, Uh We had like our first initial one. And so that eclipse cycle is like in each, each of the axes, it's like for about 18 months, I think, right? And so it, whatever areas of life that hits for you, it can really like um, kick up some stuff for you and you, you can come out very differently by the end. And then to see how it ties in with Jupiter is nice because, you know, eclipses, <laughs> eclipses can be rough too. And so seeing one on Jupiter is, is kind of interesting. This might be the big change that you were hoping for that you didn't know if you should be optimistic about, but you did anyway. And now you're seeing the fruits of your labor kind of not in a 100% positive way, but at least enough of a percentage to feel like, okay, this is progress. Something to move you forward, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. Oh, gosh, I'm so excited you looked at all these transits, Daniel. I I haven't had time to do all of that yet. I only know the general ones, so it's really fun to see what's coming. I'm glad I caught that. (laughs) That's a big one. That is a big one. And it's coming right up. I mean, December's going to be here before we know it, so. Oh, my gosh, yes. And so our next one is Gemini rising. Uh, Gemini risings will have Jupiter in Cap transiting the eighth house. And so this is another place where you might get financial help through shared resources of some kind, whether this is moving with a partner or relying on a collective that splits the profits or, you know, something that with other people is going to help you financially a little bit. Um, And like I'd mentioned before, this is probably the place or the sign that might get that prosperity, you know, through death or mortality and inheritance, life insurance, those types of things can come up in the eighth house. Again, uncommon doesn't happen to everybody, but it is something that can happen in the eighth house where, um, and and just in general too, uh, the gaining through other people's losses uh, that if you're a Gemini rising, you might see that happen in the eighth house. Or even um, paying off a small loan. I think about debt and loans as being, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like wh- when you've been working towards that for a long time, it can really feel like a big payoff. Um, Gemini risings are going to have their seventh and tenth houses ruled by Jupiter, by that fallen Jupiter. And so some of these are going to start to repeat a little bit because they they tie into houses that other rising signs also have Jupiter ruling. Um, But it goes back to that possible inequality in relationships or feeling trapped by your relationship situation. I mean, maybe you're trapped because you, you are relying on your partner for financial help or something like that. The general like feeling unappreciated at work, possibly feeling stuck or helpless when it comes to like getting your chosen career or getting to that place. Um, or even just like feeling helpless in terms of your reputation or how people view you because the 10th house has that component of it. And that's something you don't really have control over. I mean, you know, you can choose to do what you do, but how other people view you is, is really ultimately up to them. And especially with Jupiter fallen and not getting that recognition that it craves, 
um, that could especially hit you in, in during this year. Yeah, I think that might be more of a Gemini rising thing just because of where it's placed. Don't let it get you down. Remember, it's not about you. It's about the community. <laughs> Our Taurus risings, um, there's actually a lot for this one because it um, Taurus rising has Jupiter and Cap transiting the ninth and that brings up um, all of those issues of religion and spirituality and all these like Jupiterian type topics anyway. Um, so some of the things we mentioned before are going to come up specifically for Taurus risings, you know, whether it's um, having a lot of conviction in your belief system or religion that confirms conforms to society a little bit more or proving your beliefs or, you know, starting that spiritual practice that's really disciplined, working on your ethical system, planning spiritual events, um, all of that stuff that goes back to ethics and religion and spirituality is especially likely to come up for Taurus risings. You might also see like um, needing to travel a lot for work and especially traveling to places over and over and over again, um, far distances rather than than short ones. Um, so if you do like find ways to uh, build little routines into that travel that make it easier, find a good podcast. We, we have some suggestions, I think. Um, or, or think about, you know, what, what's joyful about being in other places or traveling to other places, um, that you might not get to if you don't get that opportunity to travel as a Sagittarius rising, anytime I can travel wherever it is, whatever it is, however long I love it. Um, and I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Traveling is, is fun depending on what you're doing it for. It, it, it definitely is a lot of fun and, and Jupiter is all about travel put in the ninth house. I mean, it's pretty inevitable. So <laughs> And Taurus Risings, um, they've got Jupiter ruling their 8th and 11th. So what they might actually see, I, I see a lot of like um, independence and turning to spirituality and travel and those more independent things for Taurus Risings this year, at least in the context of this Jupiter in, in Capricorn, uh, because with their 8th and 11th afflicted, um, it might be a little harder to find those supportive friends or alliances, or they might be drifting away a little bit here and there. Um, maybe you guys have different values now, and you feel like some of those friends don't understand you as well. You know, getting support from the community, you might have to work a little harder for that. It just delays in terms of achieving your goals in general, since 11th house is, is about those hopes and wishes. And in 8th house, you know, it goes back to the debt, taxes, insurance, and um, any sort of uh, challenges around shared resources with uh, people that you live with. Um, you know, the other people aspect of things seems to be a, a little trickier for Taurus with the fallen Jupiter. Yeah, and just even some of the things you mentioned about Saturn secrecy um, versus that that Jupiter trust, there might be that sense of betrayal or or distrust amongst community or or feeling like you can't trust people with resources of yours, so you're clinging to them more closely. Taurus is going through a lot too. Taurus rising with that Uranus in their first house, so um, could definitely be hard to access those feelings of trust and. Um, Adrienne Marie Brown uh, has a quote in her Emergent Strategy book, you to become trustworthy, you have to trust people. It's, it's, that, it's a process that is reciprocal. I'm paraphrasing that quote. I don't think it's exactly that. Um, but it, but your Taurus Risings may find it a little bit harder to trust, but understanding that if they want to establish that trust, it has to be that kind of cycle and reciprocal. So don't fall into that temptation to just isolate again. I feel like that's another at-risk-for-isolation kind of experience. 
Yeah, when you really break it down into the rising signs, you can kind of see where where the challenges are going to be, what they might want to concentrate on. And um, yeah, it, it's really interesting. And the, the Uranus piece is, is kind of the, that added component because Uranus in the first is really going to be a time when you might be changing your personality and your values. And so having friends, you know, follow that, it doesn't always happen. Sometimes you do end up losing people because you've changed yourself so much just organically. And for that fixed sign Taurus too, that's that's hard. Yeah, it's not something that your friends are used to any more than you are, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Aries rising, we're going to look at Jupiter in Cap transiting the 10th house for them, their career place. So Jupiter as the benefic might see a modern, modest rise in career or entrepreneurship. Um, Aries rising too in general might be, you know, more prone to entrepreneurship in, in Capricorn too. The sign of Capricorn can can mean that or, or indicate that you might receive honors or raise or a promotion at work. Um, although it's always, you know, pretty much going to come through discipline, focus and hard work. It, that's kind of the requirement behind Jupiter and Cap. It's not necessarily just going to show up one day. Um, you might, Aries Risings might see the improvement in public status or value to the public because of the benefic in the 10th. So another thing Aries might see, um, the 10th house in general is praxis. It's um, what you do in life. And so this is, as an angular house, it's a place where you might see a big life change. And with Jupiter coming in, it's it's a change that might lead you in a positive direction in the long run, regardless of what it looks like at first. And this is also the place where you're going to see some of the things we mentioned above, like advantages in business, like getting tax breaks, or um, some, some situation that involves business ethics, um, those types of things. I could also really see someone with this configuration becoming becoming recognized for dealing with difficult situations. So again, that like Jupiterian leadership, that that quality that like no one really wants to touch this situation, but this person's willing to come in and and kind of roll their sleeves up and do it could could be a, a positive signification of um, Jupiter coming in at a time where things seem really dire or messy or restrained or limited or you know all those Capricorn things that have been happening recently yeah I love that I actually do say that in in Capricorns that I know in real life where they'll call in a Capricorn and just say fix this you know Um, you know can you figure it out can you make a plan Um, you know and they're diligent and they um, and they handle it and um, so with Aries having that as their 10th house you know they, they might be more called in to do those types of things And for Aries, they're going to see Jupiter ruling their ninth and their 12th houses. So those are the places where they're going to feel that um, Jupiter in depression a little bit more. Um, Ninth and 12th, I would say like a reevaluation or questioning of like belief systems and ethics that you've held for a long time and how what you believe affects your mental health. You know, what the beliefs that you hold then affect your actions and what you choose to do in the external world. Also, just potential difficulty when traveling uh, in Hellenistic astrology, we learn that the cadent houses have to do, they all the cadent houses have to do with traveling to some extent. And while the ninth definitely is the one that has the most to do with traveling, uh, the twelfth is, is more like difficulties in traveling or, you know, missing a flight or, or something going wrong, you know, being held up in customs. And with both the ninth and the twelfth being ruled by a fallen Jupiter, I can see, you know, Checking and double checking in that area might be good. Um, and maybe feeling confined or stuck within an education program with that ninth house ruling higher education. Like 
if you've been stuck in college for a long time or, you know, feeling stuck in, in school for some reason, um, or if you you need it for a career and, and you're just kind of in a, in a stuck point and, and need a, need a refresh. So I think about those um, spiritual practices that you talked about too. I, I often think of the ninth house as like the spiritual uh, information that we all see and kind of agree on versus the 12th house where it's like no one can really see it. And so we each come up with our own answers and, and both of those places being a little bit more in question or a little bit more in flux um, and vulnerable to feeling like they're um, needing a little bit more uh, during this year ahead or less stable um, than they normally are. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's definitely some interesting connections between the 9th and the 12th. So Pisces rising uh, is going to have Jupiter in Capricorn transiting their 11th house, and they're more likely to receive um, help, support, recommendations, potential financial benefits from friends in high places. Uh, Capricorn, a lot of the time that you get that high status, um, high status friends, but even Jupiter as well is associated with, um, you know, people in high positions and those types of things. You still might need to be doing those setting and maintaining of boundaries and friendships um, with Jupiter and Saturn sign. And you also might see like friends from the past returning or popping up in your life again, since Capricorn is associated with the past and Jupiter uh, often has to do with friends and allies. Um, whether that goes well or not, you know, will probably be up to you, but you still might see some people from the past um, coming around. And it's also a good time to like assess uh, which friends of yours are, you know, fake or toxic or, you know, maybe they were a good friend at one time and it's not working anymore. As we talked about earlier in the podcast, Saturn has something to do with false appearances and, and those types of things. And but Capricorn can also have to do with friends that are committed, steadfast in it for the long haul. And Jupiter and Capricorn can produce those kinds of friends, but it's, it's figuring out which is which I think will be important for Pisces rising. And since the 11th house has to do with goals in general, it's same old, same old in terms of do a little bit towards your goal every day. And that's what Capricorn and Saturn will reward. I also think about 11th house of with a lot of like social justice or collective action, it's a lot of what I talked about earlier about decentralizing leadership and becoming more interdependent, I think, um, is going to be especially uh, true for Pisces rising and this opportunity to maybe say, uh, I don't want these boundaries, but how can we organize using boundaries so that we can get a little bit more liberated as a collective? So it's a shifting that focus away from your your success in that area to a more collective success in that area. That's actually a really good point with Pisces rising because the setting boundaries is not always their strong point, but that is something that might come up for them. So, um, and it can actually be really liberating once you figure out how to do it, you know, and once you do it successfully. Pisces, you know, being ruled by Jupiter, their their first and their 10th houses um, will be affected by the, the fall in Jupiter. And so they might experience some doubting themselves, um, maybe because of how others are treating them. They could feel a little depressed or bound by someone else's rules, powerless or lower status at work, those types of things, since it's uh, also affecting their 10th. And, you know, they could be one of the people that's trapped in a job that provides wealth but not happiness. You know, that's another theme that keeps coming up with, with Jupiter and Cap. Yeah, that, I like Pisces rising. Maybe I can be an honorary Pisces rising since I'm sad rising. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's lovely. I know, and there's so many lovely uh, Pisces rising people. 
Um, and our last one is Aquarius rising and Aquarius will have Jupiter transiting their 12th house. And so this could be finding a saving grace or a silver lining after some kind of loss or suffering, exile, imprisonment. And again, that doesn't have to be literal, but like, you know, some, something that makes you feel cast out or trapped um, or any other difficult circumstances you're going through. There may be some kind of silver lining that you didn't see immediately that Jupiter will then bring to you. Um, it's also, this is a good rising sign for growing that spiritual practice during like a time of isolation or lack of control in the outside world. It can bring a lot of peace and comfort and clarity if, if you're developing an internal spiritual practice. And you may discover that joy and solitude, like we talked about, um, lessened anxiety, reducing the number of toxic people in your life. You know, even if, if you feel your life start to empty out, you're also reducing it of, of anxiety and um, toxicity. And some of those things can actually be positive in terms of like your day-to-day -day peace of mind and mental state. Um, you know, the emptying doesn't necessarily have to be all bad um, because now you're probably going to be very protective of what you let in and making sure that it's things that are are healthy for you. What do you think about the 12th house? It's a little, a little bit tricky one. <laughs> yeah, I think especially with Jupiter being in fall, it's, it, it's likely, um, I think it's the most likely placement to not really see what Jupiter's doing there until it's like partway through or after, just because I think it's that, that mix between like the unexpected, but also that like yellow light, you know, maybe a mixture of good and bad happening, um, won't feel as cohesive or won't feel as opaque or, or uh, transparent, I mean, um, but rather might feel more opaque or might feel more like things aren't really changing. And I just think there's so much um, with mental health there too about like what's what is your self-talk? Is your self-talk negative or positive or mixed? Or, you know, how are you, how are you dialing in on um, your own mental health? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I feel like I've in practice, I've seen a lot of different things happen when like Jupiter or Benefic transits the 12th. It really depends on like what you have in the 12th natally, um, what other transits you're going through. There's a lot of things that can impact it or tip it in one direction or the other. And I do think it's a lot harder for the person to see right away. Um, I mean, it, it makes sense. The 12th is the blind spot, one of the blind spots to the first house, which is your your helm, your, you know, where you're running the ship from, essentially. This is the first house is you and the 12th house is the shadowy place in your blind spot where you, you can't always see exactly what's going on there until maybe after it moves out of it or, you know, later in the transit. And it's easy to still feel like you're suffering during it. Um, but if you're aware that Jupiter's in there, you can start looking for those good things ahead of time or finding ways to um, to turn it around. Having a benefic in the 12th is still, you know, something that, that could be helpful in the long run. It might just not be as clear on how right away. Yeah, when Jupiter was in Scorpio, it was in my 12th. And feeling like things were going well, but like, what's next? The liminal spaces thing. I feel like that so much with the 12th house where you're in between and you put some things down and you're waiting for the next things to come in and you're not sure exactly what they're going to be. Maybe you're trying to build a little something, get a little momentum, but you're not seeing much because it's in the 12th. And um, yeah, it, it's just a little harder to see next um, from that position. But, um, you know, eventually Jupiter will move into Aquarius too, so... And Aquarius risings, um, their second and 11th house are, is ruled by Jupiter. And so for them, um, 
This is going to be minimizing financial expenses, maybe in favor of self-care or things that you can do for free since uh, Jupiter rules the money house. You might receive a little less support from friends and community like the Taurus risings. And it, again, you know, Aquarius and Taurus risings should find each other because they're more likely to feel a little more isolated or depressed just because of like where it falls in their chart. Um, they both might have seen like parting of ways with friends or a group just looking at those houses that Jupiter rules. And uh, so, yeah, Taurus and Aquarius risings, find each other, connect. <laughs> Beautiful. That's all the rising signs. Woo-woo. So that's it for our episode on Jupiter and Capricorn part one. I hope to have a part two out on Jupiter and Capricorn in the natal chart at some point. But for now, if you'd like to learn more about Daniel Bernal as a person and astrologer, make sure to catch my interview with him. That will be another upcoming episode of the Midnight Moon Astrology Podcast. And the links to his social media website and his podcast, Queer Skies, are available in the show notes. Just a heads up that there's still a week left on my 35% off promotion where you can get a one-hour astrology reading for under $50 or a half-hour astrology reading for under $23. All you have to do is sign up for my mailing list. Uh, links for that will also be in the show notes. And then email me at midnightmoonastrology at gmail.com to redeem the discount. And if you like the work I'm doing, please consider supporting me by using the donate button on my website or becoming a patron on Patreon. Check out my Patreon tiers where you can get monthly or bi-monthly astrology readings for $30 a month. If you just want to ask ongoing questions about your chart or various astrology techniques, you can sign up for $5 a month. And if your aim is to throw a couple bucks my way, subscribe to the $2 tier and receive early access to any content I create. I also encourage anybody who has a spare five minutes to leave a review or some stars on the podcast apps or like on YouTube. That tends to really help a show stand out. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel so you don't miss future episodes. You can follow Midnight Moon Astrology on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you'd like to get in touch, feel free to visit my website, midnightmoonastrology.com. Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm.